It's Ben Quam, one half of, I guess, hopefully your favorite podcast, Libations for Everyone. I just want to let you guys know that today's episode is sponsored by Balanced Naturals. Elevate your everyday with their award-winning CBD and THC-infused beverages and wellness. Balanced is a women-owned, vertically integrated cannabis company based in Northeast Minneapolis. And each product is expertly crafted, cruelty-free, and made with certified organic hemp and natural ingredients. Our listeners get 20% off with the code LIBATIONS20. That's L-I-B-A-T-I-O-N-S, the number two, the number zero. Shop now at Balanced Naturals. That's B-L-N-C-D naturals.com. And now, here's the show. Seriously, Max, thank you for like we we talk about we talk about um, recreational time traveling a lot on this podcast, and you actually brought us a time machine. I have not had a glass bottle of MGD. And I don't know, 15? MGD of any sort. I used to drink the cans. Yeah. I mean, for the record, the reason I was drinking beer as a child is because my father worked for a beer distributor and our basement was always full of alcohol. And uh, I started at a very young age sneaking down there and (laughs) popping a can, taking a couple sips. The reason I drank beer as a child is because my father wasn't a part of my life. So just bring the room down with that one. Hey! I'm just kidding. I didn't start drinking until I was at least 14, you know? (laughs) I, uh, yeah, and shout out to everybody that remembers the de-stress room off of Como. Uh, I just really want to throw this glass bottle against the wall, but we don't do that here. That's only for the de-stress room, and that's if, only for 20 years like ago. Like, if we had a push room in a vacuum, would it, I mean... Maybe. Actually, the funniest part was seeing how much of the glass got lodged in the stone. Mm. So uh, I was explaining uh, to everybody out there listening, if we don't cut this, uh, that there was a room at my friend's place that we used to go to in the basement that was a stone wall, stone, stone floor, and it was the de-stress room because you would just throw bottles against the wall as hard as you could. But there wasn't a light in there, and you had to wear sunglasses. So you couldn't really see what you were doing. You just knew the sound was – that was the release. But it was kind of cool because the door there was a, door, a light in the hallway. So some light would get in there, and the whole back wall would twinkle from all of the glass that got stuck in there. And back in that day, in addition to the MGDs, we also drank a lot of Rolling Rock from Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Mm. And so it would – actually give the the appearance of like different color sparkles and it was just jagged ass glass sticking out of old hundred year old stone super dangerous but uh yeah what are you gonna do we were invincible we were like 20 better than smoking drugs yeah. and being in a gang you know right? yeah yeah well drinking, i mean we, we still did at least MGDs. one half of those <laughs> drinking four locos <laughs> We got some Four loco here tonight. <laughs> the rare drink that may be actively a carcinogen now with uh, whatever was in it. and you know, <laughs> There's no way it's not. Yeah. So what did we figure out? Is this the, the 15th or the 16th anniversary of it's Four loco? Range. I don't know. I saw something today about that it's 15 loco. Right 15 now. loco. 15 and loco. I love the fact that, Max, you just happened to bring that here. <laughs> like, unaware of the anniversary or the irony. Yeah, no, you I, were like, no, I just come strapped with Four loco. <laughs> you know what? If we're going to fucking rage, let's... Start with the original Rage drink, which for me was that shit where, yeah, you, you split one of those with somebody and you're getting off to a good start. So if you, if you guys want, it'd be awesome to take a sip and see if we could taste what cancer in a can taste like. And then maybe you just dump it out or somebody can bring it to their office or whatever. But that's there if we want it. Yeah, so we have an old-ass can of Four loco. We're drinking Miller Genuine Draft, the Old Forster 1910. There's a bottle of 27 Canyon Fafoon on the table as well. 
an ology, birthday cake. What is it? Birthday cake crema? Yeah, it's it's a cream liqueur. Yep. It's yeah, a okay. blue. <laughs> I love calling it a crema. Like the birthday cake crema. I think that's crema. what it says. Don't, don't worry about trying to dignify that drink. It's not a dignified drink, but it's delicious. Sam. So yeah. this is actually Bachfest season at Shell's Brewing Company. Dude, we had a long-standing tradition. I, I want to go with you. Some, some, I just so want to go when you here. fell down the hill. That's all I want. That was fun, too, but I told that story. So we used to have a group of friends. Uh, I actually operated this thing for many years. A bus, right? We called it Spockfest. Yeah, we had a bus, and we would bring <laughs> You don't still people. do that? I like, we don't. It's been a while. I, I like that we weren't sure if we could use the word bus. <laughs> what do you mean? You, you go, I used to do this thing, and he goes, yeah, it was a bus. And you go, well, yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't the bus that was the thing. It was the operation. Ah, the got thing. it, got it, got it, got it. So we used to get a bus full of people to go from Minneapolis <laughs> to New Orleans, Minnesota for Shell's Bockfest. And among the rituals that we had, which I understand are very ridiculous, we would have giant gas station mugs that we would bedazzle. Beautiful. And you'd have to pour keg beer into it without a lid, and you'd have to balance it on the bus while the thing was shooting off like a rocket ship to New Ulm. And we'd straws? all have to bring bottles. What's that? Could you use a straw for the, the, the giant No, thing? just an open container. <laughs> giant. Awesome. Those giant, what are they, 64 ounces? Hundreds yep. of ounces. Hundred ounces, ounces, whatever. Those giant mugs. We all had those and bedazzled them. I usually put some Macho Man shit on there. I had Macho Man sunglasses. But one of the things, and you know, to get to the fucking point here, one of the things we'd all do is everybody would bring a bottle of like the nastiest liqueur they could find. And I remember one year there was like a birthday cake liqueur. It was like a yogurt birthday cake liqueur. Mm. Fucking rotten. And you just pass them around and drink them. So that was, so you, uh, you people get, you got get, greasy. You arrive with rot gut, totally rotted gut guts and you're blackout. And you, that's when you get to the event. Yeah. That's I mean, the last year we went, I believe it was 11 below. Mm-hmm. So it helps when Oof. you're bundled up and on the inside and on the outside. Jesus. <laughs> well, I have my tums right here if anybody needs them. I'll yeah. crunch some at some point tonight, but uh, I'm getting old and that sounds Savvy. like a riot, but also like mm, a blender of a whole bunch of liquors. Yeah, we wouldn't get down like that if we did it now. You know, I'm 41 now. I think the last time we did it, I was 35. In my mind, you do this every year, and I feel like I'm missing out every year. But, yeah, I haven't seen anything online about it for a long time, I guess. And yeah, I miss it. And just the event is just – it's a wonderful event. Very old old German-style lager event with the the, the Bach with the uh, hot oh, iron hot in it yeah. to caramelize it. Mm-hmm. Giant bonfires, bands playing. The grounds at the Shells Brewing Company are beautiful. What's stopping you Peacocks. from keeping it going? Uh, just Probably just being busy and – not thinking of it. And probably just a lot of those people have moved on with their lives. Mm. You know, a lot of people used to come on the bus, just have families now, and don't want to take a bus to New Ulm on a Saturday. It's a commitment, because you probably are ruining your Sunday and maybe the next Monday, too, with it. Yeah. But, I, if, you know, if, yeah. we, if you ever want to reignite it, here's passenger number one. I Yeah, I would love to. I'll ride I, with you. I'm I'll in. definitely do it at least once again. I doubt it. it'll become an annual thing. But hey, you know, the bus is expensive. And should we sit in the back and we can open the back door and just jump out whenever we want? Oh, my God, yes. Oh, and we can moon cars behind us? Hell yeah. I'm in on that. I'm putting my window all the way down. Butt cheeks <laughs> on the back window. Butt cheeks <laughs> on the back window. No fruit sorry. baskets. No fruit baskets? No, that's a whole different thing. We'll explain that. That'll be a different show. We don't okay. need to go into that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do also, I, I also want to shout out. We have one other beer uh, right here. Earlier today, uh, I, I ran into a live broadcasting of the Black Brewers podcast, uh, Three Amazing Humans, uh, putting out a great show, and they just, uh, they just launched their collab with Arbiter Brewing, and so I grabbed a crowler of that. So it is a sour ale with persimmon, mango, pineapple, and 
baobab fruit mm-hmm. or baobab. We're not quite sure on the pronunciation. And it's called frequency shift, right? Frequency shift, okay. and it is delightful. Yep. That is absolutely spectacular. Uh, the can art's awesome. Super Obviously, cool. everybody involved in that, they're great. But it's always better when the product itself is pretty amazing, too. Show. Uh, anytime I can take a sip out of a beer and my mouth starts watering for the next sip, I know that that's pretty legit. So it's kind of fun. I got the, the MGD throwback to college. And You're then, having a chemical reaction to the baobab. Yes. <laughs> which, which, again, if you don't know what that is, take a look at it. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Look. We learned about a new fruit today. Mm-hmm. I just I have a thing with my wife. We, anytime we see a tree that we don't recognize, it looks kind of goofy. We're like, that's obviously a baobab tree. Like, <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. You know, I think they be. only are in sub-Saharan, you know, I, I don't know where they. Even, I forget. Are they? Are they I don't uh, know. Yeah, I, I just looked know. up Definitely what they look like. Minnesota. I did not look up the the genus and, and where they are found. I'm not a baobab specialist, but I did when I looked at that. I no did one look like one. Uh, as we've established on the show over the last couple show, shows, I really, or last couple episodes, I really do love when Charles says persnickety, and now I like the idea of you saying persick, persnickety persimmon. That just sounds fun. That's Maybe I'll make your day on your next birthday. We'll and say see. That to you. That's yeah. He's when he jumps out of the cake. That's going to be his name. Yeah, <laughs> persnickety persimmon. <laughs> I think he's just trying to trick me into saying persnickety on every episode because I probably said it four times ever, uh-huh. and he claimed that I say it on every episode. I love which it. Is not true. I actually heard. It must have been a fairly recent one. I heard. I heard that. Yeah, yeah I said it on the last like three episodes now. Charles is a realist, and I live in hyperbole. That's just fine. That's how it works. I'm the realist. Realist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can I? I don't know how much we talk about what we're drinking, but Old Forester is one of the brands that I know least about that people really like. Like, can you tell me which of their offerings this is and why we're drinking it? I love the 1910 because as someone that gets the acid reflux <laughs> sometimes late at night, uh, I don't drink as much whiskey as I used to. Mm. This falls below that threshold of 100 proof where I don't have to be mortified if I don't put it on a rock. I think it's a little higher than it used to be. We were talking about this before we started recording. Yeah. So this is a little spicier than I remember it being. It's, I don't it's know. It's fairly if it, spicy, yeah. It's a 93 proof, but I like the vanilla notes in it, and it's really easy to sip on. So it's also something you can find on a store shelf if you mm-hmm. just want a sipping whiskey that, you know, you don't have to chase a truck around for. I think this qualifies. I 100% agree with you on that. And I also, in addition to the vanilla, I love in like the mid palate, there's a fruit note in there that I really dig. It's a baobab? Like that's, it might be baobab. Mm, could be the, baobab. The old Tennessee, the old Kentucky baobab. <laughs> <laughs> that's my new Kentucky wrestling name. Baobab. Yeah. Kentucky baobab and Persimmons Persimmons over here. And yeah. I'm, just, I'm just manning the glory hole. All right, move on. As we do. Yeah, I'm not a huge uh, fan of the whole catalog of Old Foresters, but this one, this one grabbed me. There's a few. I'm never, I'm never mad whenever that bottle gets pulled out. I really, especially for how absolutely insane the upper echelon of whiskeys have gotten, I like any, anything that's consistent both in taste and price. Yep. I'm a big fan of. Yep. And I think if you can make it at least mildly affordable, it could still be a treat, but you don't feel like you have to save it like some my precious kind of thing. Mm. Like this is just, it's, it's great for a cocktail. It's great by itself. I'm into that. Somebody that I really trust, I, you guys would probably say in front of the podcast, and he's a great friend of yours, Daniel Mays, um, at his shop. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. Has he been on here? No. Mm, okay. Well, he's in my back pocket, so we'll let him out in a little bit. But uh, no, <laughs> yeah. I, love, I, love, I love Daniel. Hello. I saw Daniel on a, uh, what is it, a garden walking tour of St. Anthony Park. That was the first time I saw him since we moved back to Minnesota two years ago. And it was just like... I almost didn't go to this thing because I didn't know what it was, but my in-laws paid for tickets for it, and it ended up being fucking cool as shit. But I was like, Daniel, what's up? You also go on garden walking tours with, like, guides <laughs> along them? Uh, but anyway, he, uh, I think the only time 
that I've actually asked him to point me to something in the store. I was like, give me a, give me a whiskey I've not tried or that I don't know anything about. And he pulled, he pointed me to an old Forester. I think, do they have a, a wedding or a marriage blend or something? I don't know. Anyway, but somebody that I really trust in, in the old industry. Old Forester birthday bourbon, which yep. is birthday, yeah, that's what it, yeah, okay. their finest mm-hmm. whiskey. I love that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But you usually don't see it on a shelf. If he pointed one out to you, he's letting well, you. I bought it, and I, I'm sure I still have it somewhere. So maybe I'll bring it in yeah. uh, at some point. I will. Fantastic. I won't post it on our social media, but Max, I will send you a picture. Uh, Daniel and I have known each other since uh, freshman year in high school. Oh. And there are multiple photos of us existing in various states of unfortunate hair and unfortunate fashion. But that guy today has the sexiest hair of any male. He didn't get that. The way he does the little, you know, he's got a little bob, yep. like the yeah. way he bobs oh, his head yeah. and yeah, the yeah. hair flows. He he's did just, not he get that flow until college. I remember yeah. uh, Daniel, surprisingly, I don't, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm saying anything out of pocket right now. I think he talks about this. Uh, Daniel did not uh, drink at all during high school. Uh, was not on his radar. And uh, that senior year may have been a point of contention between the two of us. Mm. And I remember, I think it was my sophomore year in college. Were, were you guys friends or not? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. No, 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 he was great. Uh, we were in choir together. We went to Europe together. Like, good dude, always has been, always will be. But um, I remember, I think it was sophomore year in college. We were both at the same party back in Minneapolis because he went to, I think, Gustavus Adolphus. And uh, I ran into him, and he had long hair, and he was hammered. And I was like, <laughs> yes, we can share everything. I was so happy because I, I really did the dark side, yeah. I totally thought that he would, like, go to college, come out completely buttoned up, you know, head off to grad school, go do his thing. And as soon as, literally, I saw him across wow. the room, and he did that bob, and then he moved his, like, long hair behind his yeah. ear. <laughs> and I literally put both hands up in victory celebration and yelled, yes. Because yeah. yep. I was like, oh, we got him. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a beautiful human right there, I love him absolutely bringing up good friends already sorry he's still in your back pocket though that must be a little uncomfortable mm. uh you know he with his beautifully conditioned hair it's kind of actually he's in my back pocket but i've removed the denim between pockets that's fair. so it's really soft and nice yeah. <laughs> yeah. boy i respect daniel too much to say stuff like that. Daniel, <laughs> daniel if you listen to this i love you we all love you you're an incredible guy and thank you for being our bud so max why don't you tell us about yourself yeah uh well i was uh talking to Quam upstairs i i was i figured you guys had run out of cool guests. I mean, you get Dessa, you know, what, a couple shows ago. The last few shows that I've listened to have just been absolute bangers. So uh, I want to just set the bar real low early on here. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I guess I don't know what you guys know about me. I've known Charles for, well, I guess life goes fast quite a while now. We met at uh, in Brooklyn Center uh, in a light industrial park outside of Surly. Um, I think yeah. because of Daniel, actually, right? Yeah. 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 4811 Charm. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Is yeah, it, Darkness Day. Uh, noob question. Is that still going? Are absolutely. You, okay, all right. Uh, Darkness Day has moved to No, no, the, sorry. The, the, the location. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Because yep. yep. I, knew, I knew it was going to be like the test pilot location or whatever, yeah. but I yep. still Yep. Okay. Uh, Josh Lemke is still the head brewer up there and okay. doing his thing. And uh, yeah, they're still cranking away. Okay, sweet, sweet. Anyway, yeah, so we, we met there one late night oh, or certainly early morning. And <coughs> I don't know. We just are in similar circles when I'm living in this state. And uh, I tell most people that don't know Charles that I know the guy who's on the assassin bottle. Um, <laughs> and literally everyone I've they ever owe me royalties. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Wait, is there any, I actually don't know if I've ever asked you, like, is that, is that a thing at all or no? It just, it just looks exactly like you. It just looks exactly like okay, me. Okay, because I, like, yeah. I got cred in a decent amount of circles in the Southeast, <laughs> Florida, Atlanta stuff because I told people that I knew 
the assassin <laughs> guy. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. yeah. I do, uh, well, for a while, I, I would give Mike shit when I'd see him that they owe me royalties. Yeah. Or my royalties, Mike. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Stole my identity. You, I mean, you at least have to have, like, a, a wall-sized print of one of those, right? If you, like... So I did a, um, I, I had a Facebook profile photo one time that was me doing that exact pose, which looks just like the fucking bottle. Maybe that's where I got it from. I yeah, literally, I just, I just looked it up right now. I like, I thought I had it in my head, but that is eerie. Can it's you, me, can you, yeah. The bottle or the picture that he's talking about? No, the, the, the bottle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was actually, I was at um, Brett Splinter's, another great friend of probably a lot of ours. Uh, is he friend of the podcast? Is that official or... Such a good friend. Can we say frenemy? He's going to be the next guest of the podcast. Yeah. Actually. Are you shitting me? No. Yeah, it's going to be his return. So don't worry. We, we will, we will manage to me? lower whatever low oh, bar we set. Don't <laughs> open this for local, but make him drink it when he's... Yeah. Oh, my God. I love him. Oh, <laughs> I was at his house a few days ago, and uh, we, we he was just... We are going to dig through his cellar, and we had a lot of similar stuff, but I never got much of the toppling glass stuff, but he had a zillion of the assassins. Like, which one do you want to try? I was like, I don't know, purple, whatever. And so... We put one in the freezer, and um, the next morning at about 8.30 a.m., I texted him and asked him, like, hey, did you guys ever pop that assassin? He's like, oh, oh no. fuck. And it was okay. Yeah. Okay. But wow. uh, we were really excited to drink it when we put it in the freezer, and yeah. probably five minutes later, it was gone from all of our brains completely. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. so uh, maybe he should bring that, and then I can be in his <laughs> back pocket here, and I can drink it when you guys are you go. recording. There you go. Oh, love man, it. I love that guy, too. I, are you you're serious. He's in the next guest. Yeah. Oh, be man. on in That's six days, awesome. actually. He'll be. Okay, great. Well, I intend to make him look really good because he's a lot more interesting than I am. So <laughs> 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 he would, he, if he was sitting right here, he'd be like, you're right, but you're learning. I mean, you have to be when you look like that, right? Mm-hmm. Sorry. And the name. <laughs> I love you, Splitter. <laughs> so on the note of how uninteresting you are, how would people know you? Tell, tell the folks a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, in the, there was a, a good period of time in the, beer industry that I was, um, my mom was actually probably better known than I was because she would go to the tap rooms more often, especially, mm-hmm. I lived in Florida for seven years, and when I wasn't able to go support my friends who were opening breweries and stuff, my mom would. That's awesome. So it's, oh, it's Max's mom, blah, blah, blah. And then I swear to God, I became known as Max's mom's son. Like, <laughs> which, <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. That's so incredible. I have, I have my mom to credit for uh, keeping a lot of my industry connections alive while I was in Florida, but uh, initially... I got into beer because, uh, well, it was good, tasty, fun, and uh, I was one of those douchebag flippers. I actually, the reason the Four Loco is here is when that was announced that it was getting discontinued, I went out and got a couple pallets of it and sold it all on eBay and paid for a semester of college. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, so I've like- Four Loco paid for my education. That is great. There was one guy in Hawaii that we just started doing transactions outside of eBay so they didn't take a cut, and he was getting- I'd ship him 24 cans at a time for, I think, 15 bucks a can or something. And he would, and he covered shipping. And um, I just kept boxing up for Loco and sending it and sending it and sending it. And uh, actually paid for a semester of college. So anyway, uh, that's how I got into the beer industry. No, uh, I when Harriet, RIP, both Harriet and Jason, kind of, um, uh, when that opened up, I just was like, I know I need to be a part of this. I think I was 21 or I was going to be 21 shortly thereafter and started volunteering there. Then I was hired, but I don't think I ever got paid. So I'd say I was volunteering the entire time. And uh, that's where I look back at uh, <coughs> kind of your your uh, family tree in an in industry or whatever. That's where it all started. I know like three quarters of the owners or head brewers of breweries in town because we somehow all were at Harriet at the same time for some stretch yeah, of time. The, the coaching tree for Harriet is just ridiculous. It's so wild because like, it was it's such insane. a shit show there too. Like it's not like it was a 
great place where everybody learned a ton. It was like, if you survived and came out the other side, mm, yeah, <laughs> you learned right. exactly what not to do and then uh, did it yourself. Well, it, it was like that and Fitgers up in yeah. Duluth yeah. where like the two, like everybody in Minnesota in that first wave had some sort of a connection to one of those two places. And I, my other tie-in right like around that same time is um, I met Rob Shellman. I don't know if you guys, yeah, uh, better be, yeah, of course. I think, yeah. Um, he, at some event for Surly, a darkness event, Omar, whatever, they're raffling off beers, and uh, maybe it was at Acadia, and uh, he got the 2007 or something, and I was like, fuck, that's so cool, like, I'm gonna go see if that guy will, like, share that with me, if I bring some other cool stuff, chatted him up, he was a Tallgrass Brewing rep, also RIP yeah. Tallgrass, mm-hmm. uh, so my, yeah, my, my beer heritage is all, like, defunct breweries now, but uh, yeah. he uh, didn't, he, he just chatted a little bit, told me about Tallgrass, and then thought I'd never see him again, but, like, two weeks later, at Fitker's, I sat down next to him at the bar. Um, and I was like, oh, hey, you're that guy with the Surly Ball. He's like, yeah. And we just chatted more. And he's like, do you want to help rep this brand from Manhattan, Kansas? And I was like, hmm, sure. Is it paid? He's like, nope. <laughs> All right. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I was, I, I, was, I was volunteering at Harriet. Well, I was on payroll, but I don't think I yeah, got a check. And then also was working for Tallgrass Brewing Company. Eventually got a little bit of a stipend for that. But that just... It didn't feel like a whole lot of the time, but then you look back on it, and I just know all of these people that are change makers in these industries now, and it's part of the reason I know you. I, I met Daniel because he worked at North Loop Liquors when I was mm-hmm. trying to buy all the cooler shit that was dropping, and um, yeah, so then. Yeah, I just know, I, that's how I got to know Daniel's just liquor stores. Yeah, 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 yeah. and now he's, a, you know, a king over there with his shop. That's such a cool shop, and I think they're doing really well, so uh, I want to, like, I can keep going, I should have done like the thirty second version, but that, I gave you like the first third of the ten minute version. <laughs> no, it's, it's excellent. Yeah, uh, yeah. Why don't you like bring us to today, modern day, like what you're, what you do now, and okay, how people so would know you now. The black and white photos are starting to become color, um, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. Shake so I, 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 I actually, so all my fun connections and all the things that people know me for are in the brewing industry, but I've never made any money in the industry. I've always like volunteered or, you know, I started a brewery. Now it's got five locations and a distillery in Florida, but <laughs> I'm not on payroll. You know, I, was, I started it, but you don't, yeah. I'm not there uh, grinding day in, day out. But uh, in the meantime, in between, you know, well, actually during tall grass and, and, and uh, Harriet and everything, I started a business uh, called Swag Brewery. Uh, mm-hmm. it, intent was not to confuse people to think that we were a real brewery, but it, you know, it was okay. But uh, basically selling beer related merchandise uh, to support this passion that people were starting to really show. Uh, I still have some of your hot sauces in my cabinet. Do you? I no do. shit. Yeah. Oh, wow. I was on the phone with Quam the other day. Yeah. And I rifled through all my hot sauces, and I saw that I had a couple of your hot sauces. Oh, in my, my God. That's great. In my cabinet. So. I, I'd be curious to see how they're holding up. But Yeah, me too. I, I, yeah. I, <laughs> uh, they're supposed to be. Yeah, they had like five-year Best Buy dates, I think. On them. Anyway, so uh, that hey, was. They're older than five years. Yeah. 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 I think I brought it Maybe they're funky and fermented now, though. I they think I brought awesome. them from my old place. So they're probably did, seven, eight, seven you, or eight years did old. Did you buy them? Did I give them to you? How do, oh, I don't remember. I think you I think you sent me some stuff. You sent me hot sauce and candy and, like, some other stuff at one point. I think mm. it might have been in there. Mm. Go, I won them in a late-night game of poker. Okay. That's a great story. One our monkey knife yeah. fight. We were, we were playing for pinks, but uh, I won all the cars, and he got some hot sauce. So. Ta-da. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so <laughs> that the reason I inserted Swag Brewery there is because that's actually a company that I started that I made money with. Um, 
started just selling kind of trinkety stuff. Uh, first thing that really got big was beer soap mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of went from going to beer fests, you know, maybe it'd make 500 bucks, maybe two grand in a beer fest. It's really fun, but kind of grind. And, um, you know, there's not a whole lot of growth potential there. But then one day I got a call from Bibolo, uh, you know, local, uh, I guess uh, it's a chain. It's a, a local chain. Well, now, now they're called Good Things or something. Yeah. Buy Blot, Buy Blot, you're right. Mm-hmm. What's that? Buy Blot. Yeah. Buy Blot. Gifts and, and trinkets and yeah. special occasion yeah. presents. Like you go in there and you're like, I don't want to go in here. And then you walk up with 15 things yep. that are really yeah. unique. But um, they called me like, hey, can we get a case of your beer soap? And I was like, case? Yeah, well, how many is that? And they're like, no, you tell us how many is in a case. I'm like, oh, okay. Nice. 36 and they're like cool what's the wholesale price i'm like mm-hmm. made up a number and <laughs> yeah. then we jump forward five years and we've got two thousand stores around the country that we uh supply these beer wine and whiskey themed goods to uh awesome. a, a great uh presence on amazon and uh, i actually sold that um about a week into the start of the pandemic so that was a fun time to sell a business <laughs> but uh yeah that that was uh, a grind for a really long time didn't get paid for a really long time and then Kind of took off and uh, ended up going really well. So that's that's how I can afford to have uh, shoes and a house and uh, you know gas in my car. Uh, but it's not as sexy as a brewery. It's like, yeah, brewery, 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 brewery. Yeah, well, people know me for the brewery, but uh, yeah. there's that. And then I, I have two other uh, projects like that going on right now that um, are the intent is to make money off of them because uh, I still have not found out how to make money off of beer. So yeah, and and those would be. Uh, okay, well, one of them is called Magic Pine. You go to magicpine.com if you want to check that out. Um, before we shut down our website, because we're probably going to go to exclusively Amazon because Jeffrey Bezos. Uh, actually, I had a chat about it today. Damn it, it's Jeff! Video. I know, it's like, oh, but whatever. It's it's so all-consuming but necessary in a way if you are in the e-commerce space. So mm-hmm. uh, that's a little more stuff that I, I'm more passionate about. So um, you guys have your goodie bags. I don't know if they're still down here, but uh, a lot of camping, uh, hiking, fishing, golfing, um, people's passions, pastimes, uh, you know, stuff that kind of embraces that while being a little bit of a cheek, cheeky kind of thing. Like we've got a, a can cooler that'll hold your, your 12 ounce beer can or your, or your tall boy beer can. I'll say, I'd rather be fishing, you know, or something. That's funny to have at the office for a can of LaCroix or to have on your pontoon or whatever. So, and it's actually stuff um, after I sold the, Swag Brewery, I was like, what's stuff that I actually want to use? I used wine soap like once or twice, and I was like, I'm glad that I can make money off of this, but I don't like smelling like wine, um, and or fake wine anyway, So, and it's purple, um, which nothing wrong <laughs> yeah. with that, but I just, right. I wasn't as passionate about that uh, at the end of things, so this is like, what am I passionate about, and uh, what are people passionate about, and it's a lot easier to convert a sale um, I don't even like talking like that, but it's it's a lot easier for somebody to get interested in a product if uh, it just immediately connects them to one of their passions, you know? Of course. Um, so, like, beer is an obvious case. Like, if you like beer, I want a fucking beer all the time. That's easy. Um, people, especially men, can be hard to buy gifts for. So it's like, oh, we know Charles loves fishing, so, you know, we'll get him this shirt or this can cooler or this tumbler or whatever that says, I'd rather be fishing, um, and he can go take it to the anger room and smash against the wall. <laughs> oh, the de-stress no, oh, room, it's de- fine. De-stress room, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, and then the other project, which is uh, yet to launch, but we got all the product in hand, we got all the packaging and everything, and I, this is a huge passion one for me. It's called Monkey Tungsten, and it's uh, tungsten fishing gear. 
because lead is turns out not great to have in water. That, what? That exactly. Was that a sounder that I could hear? No, but you know what? We'll just give you one anyway. <laughs> that, wait, that should That's be a the, sounder though. The genie sprinkles of lead in two thirds of the lakes oh, in Minnesota, yeah, making the fish. It's like un- it, it's unedible. So, it, so inedible. It's so clear to us that like, yeah, we shouldn't drink out of lead cups, but we're like, I love fishing. It's one of my favorite pastimes, and yet everything's made out of fucking lead still. And we're just like, that's fine. And yeah, you, you bite that sinker to close it on the line. Like you're leaving I, a toothmark. In it's, nobody's really started. Like it's, it's just starting to get talked about on a, um, on a level where, you know, States and there's, there's federal budgets to kind of promote getting the lead out of our water and everything. Um, so yeah, we've, we've got a, a whole line of uh, jig heads we're starting with cause we love walleye fishing and stuff. And then also some uh, drop sinkers that people use for usually bass fishing and stuff. But um, it's, I, that's dope. Dude. I'm super excited to work I'm, on something. I'm that, excited to look into that. That's yeah, that sounds and, awesome. And you're you're shipping nationally, internationally. Uh, that that right now is actually uh, it's kind of it's all good now. But my my business partner that is the first time I'd taken on a, a business partner fifty fifty, and um, he actually one of my best friends, and he got cancer Ugh. right at about the point that we were going to launch. And he's our age, my age. I'm thirty four ish or and um, yeah, so it's just like we just put it all on pause. He's in remission now. It's all good. But, like, we are talking about, like, next hear. week or the week after is when we're going to kind of start kicking things off again. Nice. But I, I have, you know, 40 grand worth of tungsten jigs in my house right now. <laughs> and yeah. I have a shitload of really cool packaging, you know. And, like, Amazing. I have listings created and everything. So we're, we're close. But uh, cool. that right now is monkeytungsten.com. You can't buy anything. But sooner than later, sooner. We'll, we'll pimp that I mean, out. a lot of people will listen to this when it's already on sale. So yeah. they can only listen to this in the future. <laughs> uh just dialing it back five minutes, I felt like this was appropriate uh, because this is an all audio podcast. Uh, I'm going to let Max describe this, but this is my favorite photo of oh. Daniel Mays and I oh, great. in, uh, I believe, Austria. Oh. Uh, you can go ahead and describe what's going on in this photo. Mm. Okay, so it's black and white. <clears throat> no, I'm just kidding. It's, it's color. Um, I, I, uh, I'm... I'm I'm not even yet looking for words to describe that's it because I'm still exa- trying to figure yeah, out what's was, going on. That was I have my no hope. idea. Who, are you, you're on the left? That is me on the left. Okay. That so is you, my, my unfortunate boy meets world butt cut. Yeah. I also am rocking a hoodie while also having a flannel shirt tied around my waist. What's well, Max is going to describe this for Well, me. no, I'm just, I'm just letting him know what's actually going on there. How, you did, but you didn't end up. I still have, there's a lot. Okay. I think you guys are imitating the sign. Correct. Okay. Um, and I would say, I would describe you as, yeah, Corey... From Boy Meets World, mixed yeah. with a little bit of Morpheus. Um, those, shows, those glasses. <laughs> Corpheus. Oh, the, the worst the sunglasses I ever owned. Yeah. Corpheus? Uh, no? And then okay. this is Daniel Mays. Yep. He's on his knees. He's kneeling very, on his shoes. Very convincingly, his shoes are on his knees, but very convincingly, he looks oh, like I've he's seen this photo. a lot shorter. And um, looking up at Dada Quam, like they're having a great time at the park, and they're about to go feed the geese. And uh, you can, you know. Uh-huh. Decide what you think that means, but um, they just wanted to make sure that tall people held the hand of short people as they walked across the street. And so Daniel and I decided to reenact that photo. I can't. The Daniel Mays in this picture looks like a sixty-year-old woman that drives a Subaru. I don't even understand what his <laughs> like. That, I mean, just he looks like a wow. I got to see more of these. That, that is, is exactly. I, I have no. I can't see. Him. I'm sorry. I don't understand like anything about that picture, but I love it. That is exactly what I was hoping. You know what? Say. You know what I can feel from that picture, that? despite being confused about almost all of it. I can feel love. Absolutely. That yeah, that's what I can feel. Absolutely. We. Uh, yeah, that was all right. Well, let's feel some love and cheers and uh, and get into move this. into our topics of conversation. Cheers, fellas. 
My Cheers to, to Daniel Mays. Okay. Is, yeah. this, is it supposed to last any certain amount of time? Or? No, as long as you want it to. Okay. That's the best part. Cool. We, uh, we got all the booze. We got all the booze. That is true. We have, we have, we still got four loco on the horizon. Oh my God. Oh God. And just to be clear, uh, I did, so there's six topics, six drinks or shots. I did six shots in the green room before this. That's what you're supposed to do. Right? Okay. Yep. The green room is also what he calls his car on the way here. <laughs> so I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I do have drive, to, I, know. <laughs> I know. I do. Sorry. This is, that was a joke. I do have to admit, uh, I, I am, I am trepidatious about this. I have never actually had four loco. As the as the resident senior person in this room, I missed that era by quite a bit. We did enough diet cocaine with uh, Red Bull, uh, so I missed the four loco thing. And I'm so, trying to so decide. You've never truly partied. That. I've never truly partied. Yeah. I'm trying to decide if if I want to keep that streak alive because that can's just staring at me right now. Either you open it right now and we have as much as we want, and I bring you another one so you can have it with Splinter, or you save it for Splinter. You should probably do the the, the former though. You should probably crack it. I can tell you're getting. All right, all right. I just want to know: Does Kid Rock music start when you crack it? Yeah. Or how does <laughs> it? Just like, in there. It's just the the intro of "Ba with the Ba" over, over and over. Right when you crack it mm. for four hours without for, Ba. Yeah, exactly. You cannot stop it. You can't stop. It. Even if you finish the can, it just keeps going. Yeah. It actually gets louder because the echo through the can gets mm-hmm. pronounced. It's, instead, it's, instead of like hearing the sea when you put a conch shell in yeah, your ear, right. you just hear Kid Rock's intro. It's when you, more room for reverberation, yeah. so it just gets louder and louder. Oh God, that's great. All right. As the party goes on, the music needs to get louder too. Oh, yeah, so it has it to. It makes sense because you know? your ears will get used to it. So yeah. we have to turn it off. Uh-huh. A little bit. It's like being a car car trip with me. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, God, I can't stop thinking about that. It's weird asking a question while you just have. What the bada bang the bang? Are you going to stay derailed until we open that for loco? I mean, I might. We should just open it right now. Well, here's the deal. I'm going to ask this question, and then while you're talking, I'm going to open it. Okay. I finally made peace with it. You do have permission to chug the entire thing. There we go. Just shotgun it. All right, um, so obviously you lived in Florida for a while. Uh, all three of us in this room enjoy traveling. Uh, what guides your next adventure when you decide that you're going to book a new trip? Is it you want to go see, uh, you want to taste new foods? Do you want to go for a specific event? Do you want to see scenery? Do you want to experience a different culture? Uh, would you ever travel just for the distance to say that you went far away? What, what, is, what influences where you go when you travel? Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, uh, my one and a half year old at home influences literally everything I do, including yeah. how long I have to hold in my pee. That I'm gonna have to pee really bad because he needs sixteen things first, and I almost pee my pants because I'm a parent and he doesn't care if I have to pee. He still needs old. Oh, that oh my god, <laughs> that, that is the worst color I have ever seen in my life. I, that I, is mortifying. I have to imagine that was originally some shade of purple. But oh boy, is it changing color? As yeah, I, I can't tell. The- oh my god. This it is, looks like this is windshield why my wife fluid. worries about me when I go out and she's not there. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, there's three mattresses in this room. I thought we were all staying the night. I, I, I don't. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm not going to go in depth and trying to describe that color. All I will say is that I can't tell if that's purple or if that's green. And that is not a safe thing to say out loud. It's. Do you, I mean, is that like a social media? Like, should that be in part of the post here for the show? Like that, that color is. That is horrific. That, that's, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> back, so to, back to your young yeah. child at home. Yeah. If you just gag as you said young. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I, Charles, I don't know if I can describe the smell. Uh, so I did split a can about a week ago with somebody and Ew. I didn't die. So you're still here. I'm still here. Actually, yeah. I, I stopped We've drank that. some weird shit on the show. Tyson brought us some weird Cambodian rum one time mm. that he said that his 
father-in-law literally grabbed his wrist and said, don't drink. And he was like, what? And he said to him, and he doesn't know a lot of English, he said, poison. <laughs> then he gave it to us. He's like, so cool, I'll bring it to We all guys. drank it together at yeah. Scullivan. Well, you know, um, once you've tried so much, you gotta, it's hard to excite the palate anymore. Right. But tasting yeah. notes, initial tasting notes, or are you going to work on them for a bit? The closest that I can come to is in the classic Simpsons episode, Little Lisa Slurry. <laughs> this is the closest thing that I could get to imagining if you could taste that. And for the uninitiated? Uh, it is an episode about the disposal of toxic waste in a lake. <laughs> I, I don't... If... If you asked, <laughs> if you asked the CEO of Dow Chemicals to come up with what he thought somewhere between a grape and a lime was, I think this is where we would end <laughs> yeah. up. And do, what do you think? Okay. Um, well, I guess you can't necessarily answer this. Uh, Charles and I may be able to, but just kind of curious what the age may have done to this. You know, the flavor profile. Well, I mean, I think that's the thing is you really get a little bit more of the barrel. <laughs> And by that, I mean like rusted out, corroded metal. Yeah, the barrel of the shotgun uh, that you're going to use. Yeah, yeah, also a little bit of the gun barrel <laughs> that I'm yeah. probably going to be licking later. That is, man, I don't, like, it's very rare that you can find a trifecta of the color, the odor, and the taste are all frightening. But, man, you really hit it. Can that I, is, I, I, I need some in my glass yeah, before here, I yeah, you. All right. um, and also, before we go back to talking about your young child. You, you guys did sign the waiver, right? That if you drink this and something bad happens tonight that I'm not this liable. This whole show is a waiver. Yeah. The whole show is a waiver yeah. in any direction we want it to be. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's either that or it's introduced court evidence, whatever it may be. Yeah, right. All right. So anyway, we back turned to the camera off before we started recording. Back mm. to you thinking about your child at home. <laughs> yeah. As uh, you sip this aged Four loco. Oh for, for the Yeah, Four loco for the... Second time. I, I'm sorry, can conditioned for loco. Can condition, And you know what? It was kept in cellar conditions for most of this time because oh my God. where else are you going to keep it? I don't. Um, yeah, the nose is, I get just straight Jolly Rancher on the nose, but grape Jolly Rancher. Oh like, my God. It's, it smells purple. If somebody tried to smoke a Jolly Rancher this is like a butane lighter. It seems like this is like Daniel if you have done in that picture. Well, yours is even darker? Yeah, so this is like if you only drank ecto-cooler and then you had diarrhea. The did, you get, <laughs> did, did you get someone get the dregs? Is that the lining of the can that you no, got? No, we didn't get to the bottom of the can, believe me. No, it's just, it's, it's just the different angles of the light, I think. Wow, it's really beautiful. I mean, it's a cool fucking color, though, isn't it? It's what a color, color that does, that? I'll tell you what, it's a color that doesn't occur in nature. What it's color something. is this? Yeah, I, I've not seen it's this something. color in my life before. I, I am, I, oh, man. So, okay, um, I... I, I you know, we all love travel. Whatever. I'd, say, I'd say at this point, uh, food and places that we haven't been is what's going to guide my wife and I. She's a, yeah. she's a wild travel planner. She's so good and, and puts, it, puts together the coolest trip itinerary. She's super busy, um, but she just loves putting together cool trips. And uh, But now with our, our new bebe, uh, what's guiding our, our travel most right now is A, can we either bring him with us or get somebody to watch him? And B... He flies for free for another five months. <laughs> so there you go. we're trying to max that out. We got Thank that. Yeah. My wife's sister lives in Paris. So we do that a couple times a year, which is cool to just like have always on the docket because Absolutely. I mean, that's just one of those places that we, we stopped planning anything when we go there. I mean, make it a couple restaurant reservations for, you know, places that are tough to get into. But otherwise, just get up and just go outside. You just walk around the entire, you can walk around for six fucking months in Paris and still be fascinated by everything you see every day for me anyway. Totally agree. Um, so yeah, we're, that's, that's our next big one. Um, and then we actually, our, our honeymoon, uh, was, uh, cut short by COVID meaning it didn't happen at all because of COVID. Uh, we, we were going to do this whole big, uh, Asia 
thing with like multiple months in Asia um, before we had a kid, you know, whatever. And COVID happened, so we bought a pop-up trailer and uh, we did mm, Eastern, like third of the United States. And uh, it was like, you know, great old American fun road vibes, but it was uh, quite different than what we anticipated, you know, Vietnam and Thailand and stuff would be. Um, so we, that's hopefully still on the radar. Slightly different. Somewhere. Just a little bit yeah. different. And now it's wild because you're just like, you have to navigate these variables of, okay, cool, we could like go to Japan, but we couldn't go to Thailand, but we could go to Vietnam if we didn't come from, it's like with COVID, it's a whole new level of like yeah. where you can totally. and can't go. Yeah, and yeah, I, we're yeah, just, for sure. And so uh, I, we have places we want to go, but right now beds are also like, if there's any free time, any bandwidth, anything, just put your head on that pillow mm-hmm. and try and catch up a little bit. <laughs> I've uh, never had finger trails, light trails from sleep deprivation, that kind of level. I've never had a harder ass kicking than being a a father to a young person. But it's, uh, yeah, just like everybody else says, it's the best fucking thing in the world. So uh, it's, I am dead inside. I have way more gray hairs, but I'm, I know my purpose in life now because of uh, my son. And uh, yeah, it's, that's, he's always going to guide probably my travels, whether it's going to be a place that's going to accommodate him or not. And, yeah. uh, or if we can ditch him with grandma and grandpa for the weekend. So, yeah. That's actually, I mean, makes, makes a lot of sense. Aside from the last chunk of that, that's a, an incredibly beautiful thing to say. Like that's, that's, I, I love hearing that from people, especially like my friends that are our new fathers. It's, it's, it's wonderful to hear that like the men of our generation are, are doing it right. Hmm. Um, when, can I, can I, can I follow up on that? Yeah. When Charles asked uh, me to come on, um, we said, you know, we've gone through everybody else. Can you come on? Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> we've reached the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, he's like, are you? Yeah, where are you? Are Please you allow here? us to do you this favor. Yeah, yeah. I said, you know what? Something along the lines of <laughs> as long as we cover, like, I want to learn something from you guys, like some hard shit. I want you to, like, break some shit down for me. We haven't learned anything yet, I that's don't, for sure. No, well, we're just getting warmed up. The Four loco is just getting poured. Yeah. Uh, I can feel it. In Fred Durst hasn't even showed up yet. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, oh, there he is. <laughs> I, I told, yeah. I, <laughs> other than the uh, entertainment value and wanting to hang with you guys who I love, you know, I said, I, I want to I expose some vulnerabilities and talk about that. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm probably going to be upset if one of us doesn't cry before I leave tonight. So, uh, yeah, it's happy to revisit that specific topic because I have a lot to say about it. It's been a, a big part of my life the last year and a half. But um, you can also move on now, too. That's fine. About travel or about fatherhood? Fatherhood. Yeah. Well, and just, yeah, purposes in life. And, you know, Charles and I, you know, it's a little bit about my family background and everything. So I don't, I don't know if we're ready to go that level yet. But, yeah. again, if I don't cry before I leave, I'm going to be disappointed. Nope. And I want my money back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Charles, you want to jump in first? Or I, I'm, I'm down. About your topic? No, just about, about dad shit. Let's get vulnerable. Let's fucking open oh, up. Let's. Yeah, I don't want to talk about dad shit. All right. I don't have I don't have anything good to say. Well, no, I, I, yeah, but but I have a lot of bad shit to say. Hard shit, bad shit, but like shit that has gotten me to where I am right now. So here's here's the thing that I, that I will say, and uh, like there's a lot of things that I wish were different about my childhood. There's a lot of things that like in my interactions with people and and finding affection that I know stem from that. But the thing that I get the most pride from when I look out at the people that I call my friends and my chosen family are the way that they're changing whatever cycle they were in. And I, I, I don't have anybody in my close life 
that is perpetuating a generational cycle. Everyone that I know, whether they, well, I shouldn't say that because the people that had good families that are still very close with them are continuing to do that. But people that I know that experienced any level of trauma, all the, the, especially the men in my life that I consider my closest friends are the ones who are trying to change that. And I think that that's an incredible thing. And getting to watch that um, as somebody who does not have and will not have kids, uh, one of the things that I love the most is understanding a new form of love for my friends in seeing the way that they're parenting. Yeah. And that's not just the men, that's the men and the women. I'm just really proud of the, the friends in my life and the people in my world that chose to be parents yeah. uh, are continuing to choose to be parents. Mm -hmm. They're continuing to choose to be dads, continuing to choose to be moms. Doing that work. And regardless of what happens within their, their marriage or their partnership, uh, literally, it's cool watching that. And knowing that there's a whole lot less kids that are going to grow up with similar stories like the people from my generation. Yeah. And I, I love watching that. I'm, I love hearing that you love that because I, I think one thing that I do struggle with in expressing these deep, important feelings is, yeah, I, I don't know if they mean anything to anybody that has a kid, but I think I can try and connect some dots, but I, I love that you're already, that's super on your radar and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, I think it still is, you know, kids or not, it's, yeah, it's, it's breaking cycles. It's mm -hmm. doing hard fucking work. Uh, it's unlearning. Right. Yep. It's, uh, it's, it's being intentional with things that you're not used to being intentional with um, doing a lot of things that a lot of parts of our society don't support in most cases. Um, so I, I, uh, my father abandoned our family at a young age. I'm an only child. Uh, and uh, I, I'm way over that. Uh, you know, I'm still therapy's great. If you don't have a therapist, get a therapist, even if you don't think you need a therapist, but uh, I, that's all, that's, that's, that's a, that's a factor of, of where I landed and where I am today. But something fascinating to me is I was always really excited to be a dad because I just knew I could be one and be a good one. And like, you know, the baseline is just like, don't fucking leave your kids. Like mm -hmm. that's, you could be kind of a shitty dad, but if you're still like kind of there, that's probably better than in a lot of cases disappearing. Um, so I, in the last year and a half, um, have, something just wild has happened to me. I, so first of all, I was trying to co-parent 50% basically. I was working. My wife was not working, Lauren, at the time. She was between PhD and job. And uh, I was working basically full-time on two and a half businesses and then also trying to co-parent 50% um, without having lactating nipples. And um, yet. As much as you can do yet. Yet. The night is young. We're, no we're four, drinking four loco. There's no four loco coming out of your nipples? Because it's coming out of mine right now. What is this color? <laughs> There's no way I don't secrete this at some point later. Yeah. I don't know where from, but it'll... Yeah. Oh, you, actually, you can't leave the studio here until you secrete it. I, I also love that the way that this can got set down when Charles put it back. It's just the 12% alcohol is just facing me right now. And I'm just like, Ugh. And the great part is that's not what the FDA or whoever had a trouble no. with. They, they didn't care about that. They cared about the Guayana, Guarana... You know, Caprihana, you know, everything in there that uh, combined gets you to be a raging crackhead. So, uh, yeah, bottoms up. But anyway, I, uh, I was, uh, you know, and feel free to insert this somewhere where it's more appropriate where somebody actually asked about this. But um, I. We're not going to do that. Welcome to libations for everyone, motherfucker. Yeah, I hope you're ready to fucking feel bad. Um, I, I was so committed to this father thing. And also, I, I'd never even thought about turning off the like business work side of me and 
um, you know, you guys have been involved with plenty of small businesses yourselves. Um, you know, still are, you currently yeah. are. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's one of the great challenges is figuring out how to turn that off at the end of your workday, whenever you decide that is. Um, you don't have to do it for a while, but eventually you realize you need to be able to turn it off. Like, it's not sustainable to not turn it off ever. So I was not turning those things off and uh, also trying to co-parent. And our kid had reflux and a couple other things, so he needed to be constant, constantly bounced to sleep um, by, like, by human. He didn't like any of the machines and robots or whatever. So I would, I would take the night shift and bounce him on an exercise ball, like usually watching while well, it was the Olympics um, at that point, uh, with headphones in and just yeah. for hours sweating. My, my Apple Watch is like, what are you doing? Like, stop. Like, yeah. yeah. Are you like, are you almost about to summit on Everest? Like what's going on here? Yeah. Just, but every night and, uh, I, I would sleep for an hour or two and, um, that is not sustainable. Uh, so I broke and, uh, I'm still very much in the process of repairing myself. Um, and I, I will highly advocate as, as, as friends of yours or anybody that I see, like, you should get a lot of warnings when you're starting to burn out. You get a lot of warnings to avoid it. It's a lot easier to kind of slow down and listen to those warnings and change some things than it is to fully crash. And I fully crashed. Um, it really sucked. In a way, I hope I can look back on it and be like, wow, cool, I got back to like tabula rasa because nothing's here. Mm. But um, I, the biggest thing that I was doing to stress myself out was, first of all, not being realistic about work hours and child hours, balancing them like, trying to make actually 30 or 40 hours in the day um, for months. That yeah. Just, yeah, it didn't work. But I was so obsessed with being a great dad that I was basically paralyzing myself from doing anything with my kid most of the time um, because I, I wanted to be, you know, is this, is this activity right for his age? Is it blah, blah, blah. And like, This is a three-month-old who's, like, starting to learn to roll over or something. You know, it's not... He's not asking any questions. We're not right. going to any places that he needs to think about anything. Like, he likes high contrast things to look at, you know? But I was just, I, I was so in fear of not being a good dad and not knowing how to be a good dad that I would, like, actually kind of avoid a lot of that stuff, which is really fucked up. And I, I like, I pride myself in my critical thinking <laughs> and overthinking. Charles and I were talking about that earlier, uh, you know, critical analysis. But I just, it, it hit me so sideways. And now that I look back on it, it makes perfect sense. But I was in the middle of it. It was when he was eating dinner, I was around the house, like fixing shit. Cause I just kind of like, didn't know how to do dinner with him. My wife grew up in a very stable household. Uh, you guys met my mother-in-law, you know, here an hour ago. Um, this is all just natural. She's not thinking about any of this. She's just being a mom, yep. just being there. So my biggest challenge that I've been working on for the last year is just being present and I know that I'm talking about this when in mm. regards to my own child, but like it obviously hugely impacts everything else. All my friends translates all to all of life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and just like not worrying about how to be perfectly present, just being present is so much of the game. So many times for people that just need you in their lives, you know, family members, a baby, you know, your partner, um, obviously tread with intent and respect and be as good of a person as you can, but, don't psych yourself out so much that you're not even there. Um, so that's a that's a, a big, wild thing, a big, wild, hairy, scary journey I've been on uh, the last year or so, um, and I'm feeling really good about it right now. But if you're feeling burnout and you're feeling it more and you're feeling more, don't let yourself crack. And also, if you had any sort of parent that you weren't happy with and you're concerned about 
being a better parent or being a parent at all, remember, just be there. Just go lay on the living room floor and look at them. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, stop fe- feeling like it has to be all or nothing. Like, half-ass is better than nothing. Like, oh, yeah. just try. We're going to fuck it up. Yeah. I also like that, in all reality, you bent that question to the metaphorical journey. Like, you actually went with, like, the journey in life as a whole, and you literally just said what's guiding you, mm-hmm. which is an incredibly beautiful answer. I, I did not envision that when we started, or when I started asking that question. But I, I think that's an incredibly important answer, and, again... I, just makes me happy to hear that. I'm not a soup, I'm not a religious guy. I'm slightly spiritual in certain senses, but not really in any official way. But uh, never really known why I'm here or what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And now I'm 100 percent sure that I'm here to be a dad and a, a great partner and a, a great friend. Fuck um, yeah! And boy, the last year and a half have fucking hurt. Has hurt, but like now I'm in a great place. I know exactly what I fucking want. I know who I'm here for. And I know why I exist. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it does take trials and tribulations to figure that out. Oh yeah. Uh, Charles, where do you pick? Where how, how do you pick where you go? Is he, is he awake? <laughs> oh yeah. I'm. I got four. Uh, you, I got four loco. Nobody sleep my veins. How could I possibly not? Is anybody be else awake vibrating? Right four loco. <laughs> I'm definitely shifting off off of whatever reality spectrum we're on right now. Yeah, four loco smells like. Uh, I'll say this is my review. It smells like Megatron's dick. Yes, but it tastes like uh, Skittles milk. Both of those things are at the same time true. Yes, when I, I don't know if that's if any of those notions are a terrible or quality thing. But Can, you, those, you know, if, it doesn't taste that bad. Those, you, I thought it would taste worse from it, smelling it, it. it. You know what it is to me? It yeah. tastes like the sound of Starscream's voice. Here you go. It's all transformed. <laughs> It's not, yeah, it could be worse. It actually tastes okay. It, it smells awful. But is it any worse than some? I, I, I don't shop in the, like, fruity malt liquor aisle ever, but, like, mm. I'm sure there's some grapey shit that tastes exactly like this, could right? Could be. I'm not an expert I on guarantee you, I had, like, 25,000 snow cones with that exact cool. flavor yeah, in them when yeah, I was yeah, a kid. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it tastes like gas station candy, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? It's mm-hmm. the profile that they're trying to yeah. strike with this delightful. 15, it is 15 loco, by the way. 15 loco. 15 loco. All right. Happy hey. anniversary, 15 uh, loco. I think this means drain the glasses. I, we got to toast ju- to 15 I, loco. I just fucking okay. did. Yeah, 15 loco. To 15 loco. Hit the sprinkles, baby. That's the sound of cancer. God. So, um, <laughs> it'll come. <laughs> sprinkles? I mean, we're Don't all going to get it someday. Sprinkles. We're, we're right, equating right. them to lead. You're right. You're right. We're equating them to violence in the United States since the 1950s because of lead. Okay, hold on. I'm not getting into that. <laughs> uh, we're so, gonna, I just love knowing that we're all going to be a part of a class action lawsuit at some point. 100%. Can't wait. Can't wait. It's coming. <laughs> uh, my, so it comes as no surprise that when it comes to traveling, I follow my nose. Mm-hmm. So I predicate almost all of the trips that I take if they're not just like a cabin trip or like a field and stream type of a situation, it's all predicated on where are we going to eat? It's, I would say like 90% of the time because there's occasions where I'm going somewhere for like a concert or a show. I might go to Tampa and March for the cigar thing. Um, are you going to be there for Tampa Bay beer week by chance? I don't, I don't really do anything like that anymore. I don't, but I just, uh, I don't when even, is it? Do you, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going. I haven't booked tickets. I don't uh, know the dates, but I know it's in March in Tampa. So last time we have I a new was in there, Tampa so. was for Hoon Apocalypse. Yeah. 
2014, I think. Um, well, if we overlap. Crazy how long that was. That's a long time ago. That's that's pre-COVID. People uh, banging on the, well, that was well before COVID. 2014, <laughs> dude. People were banging on the doors trying to get extra bottles of Huna. It was like an episode of oh, The Last Oh, that of was the one, the like garage Huna door. Apocalypse. The yeah, fucking, Huna Apocalypse. Okay. So okay. I haven't been to, yeah, I haven't been to Tampa in a long time. And I'm thinking only this cigar thing. Tampa's got some decent food, but I wouldn't be going there for the food. But anyways, TLDL. Ordinarily, if I'm going to go travel somewhere, the thing I care most about is the food. And it's sort of like the, that's the horse before the cart. Because if you go somewhere that has great food, you're probably going somewhere that's pretty great. So if you go to a city that has a lot of great restaurants, you're going to have a great art scene, like museums, what have you, are all going to be present. They're going to have great music venues, really cool bars, uh, great people watching, great, like, walkable areas, hiking if you wish, uh, parks, those types of things. So it hasn't failed me yet. There is a part of me that feels like as I, I don't want to say as I age, but as I travel through life, that maybe I shouldn't put as much of a precedence on that. But once again, it, it, it's never failed me. It's something that I care an awful lot about. I'm sort of leaving a little cushion for myself, knowing that maybe someday I'm like, don't obsess so much over that part of your like traveling and your but, itinerary. But why not? Why not? I'm just saying, who knows if one day I change my mind. Because yeah. hey, I used to care an awful lot about going to Tampa Beer Week, and now I don't even know what it is. Oh, yeah. I don't look at new breweries in towns I can go to. Ever. I don't even know what breweries are opening around the city. Sure, really, I'm, right. I'm like very deeply in the industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. Same, and I, yeah. you know, we still both enjoy beer. We all in this room yep. enjoy beer. Well, especially I'm just not going to uh, travel halfway across country to drink the same beers that we can have mm-hmm. on our doorstep. And then yes, of course we're, I think all of us have made that circle of life complete. That's what happens in the beer drinker circle of life is you eventually come back to center. And what center is, is just drink a lager. Yeah. Just drink a lager. It Chris doesn't mean I don't lagers. drink the other stuff, but you know, I'm digressing here. But I could see a point in my life where I'm like, hey, calm down about all the uh, highfalutin dining. Uh, you could still have great meals everywhere without having to be a star grazer. So maybe I'll arrive at that point. I don't see it, but I'm staying open to being a, a human being that is open to change. And maybe someday I arrive at that point. And I'm like, what kind of traveler would I be? What is it that I would be looking for? So I can't see that far forward yet. Because right now it's all about that. I'm going to New York, then I'm like very much like your wife, Max. I'm super type A about it. I know the exact time on what day I need to make what booking reservation. Anytime I'm going to Chicago or anywhere else, that's the, that's the tent pole. And in Chicago, I have friends and there's so many things to do there. I'll go to a AAW pro wrestling show. I'll hang out with our friends, Jeb and Eden. You know, I'll go to a hole in the wall bar. I'll walk around, you know, aimlessly until I find something I'd like to do. Fuck but- up some malort. Plenty of more. Just saying. But the tent pole is still, dude, I'm going to dine at Smith. I'm going to dine at Oriole. Like, I'm, I know the spots that I'm going to have, like, my big dinners at. I'm, I'm going to schedule that shit. Um, so that's, that, that's my answer, that I always follow my nose, and then the rest falls into place. Fuck yeah. To, can I, so I, I love that. Um, I... I have a lot of things unsaid to you that I would like to say to you. Mm. All good things, but I would love to go to New York with you at some point. I think there was some yeah. time last year that Splinter was there, and uh, you went two, there two winters ago. It's like now it's yeah. like fifteen months ago. He came in. I did my fortieth birthday adventure, and he yeah. came out for a couple of days. Oh, yeah, so I, there was some point where he was ah come to New York. I was like, I mean, you know, if you travel or whatever, like I have a zillion miles that I'll never use. So like, 
But I yeah. really want to, with one of you or both of you, or all 10 of us, however that Here we go. ends up. But, like, I I would love to not be the guy pushing the, the food agenda. I would love to be the guy following the food agenda from, I consider you, uh, I think I've told you this, but when people ask me, people ask me a lot for recommendations, especially in the Twin Cities, but some other major cities, and um, I call you, I think you are my Twin Cities food guy, and I've, like, yeah. I've pinged you, I don't know, yeah. dozens of times over the years, like, hey, what about this place, or like, what about this neighborhood, like, what's popping, and like, we maybe haven't talked for a year, or whatever, and like, whatever social media platform where you previously talked on, now we talk on the new one, or whatever, like, you always just like, hit me with the coolest shit, and the straightest answers, and like, exactly what I want to hear, so you're, you're my, I, I, you should be getting some sort of royalties from these restaurants or something, but you are, like, my mom is like, hey, can you ask your food guy? Cheat codes. Like, yeah, Lauren, yeah, Lauren you knows your name. Yeah, cheat codes. Cheat that's codes, yeah. Lauren knows your name, so she's like, hey, what is Charles to So, like, yeah, I, that's like, she knows yeah. who you are. My mom is that's still like. funny. You just, yeah. like, turned a light on because I forgot about that, that you have from, because it's been a minute, I think probably pre-pandemic, <laughs> but you would be like, hey, where should we go eat in <laughs> Dude, Northeast Minneapolis tonight? You're <laughs> pulling it down. No, it's up. It, I've. I did it last week. Yeah, yeah, it's all the time. I actually booked a Valentine's dinner for a member of the club earlier tonight who's sitting in the chair that Max is sitting in. White Castle? And Because uh, they're Valentine's dinner meals. Yes, it's the he's shit. Going, he's bangs. going yep. to the castle. But he was sitting there, and he's like, there's no way I'm going to get a booking on Tuesday. And I was like, my friend, talk in resi. Let's pull him up. Let's yep. see. And I was like, so Manello's got openings. And I was like, he's, oh, I love Manello's. And I'm like, there's, you just got to do a little work. I also like that he's like a live action app. Yeah. Like everybody's like, ask Charles, ask Charles. Ask Charles.com. Don't look at that website. I don't know what it is. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I've yet to like try to attempt to like pull a favor from him, but I sometimes have said that to my wife. Like she's like, so and so, like Mara's booked. I'm like, I could probably check with Charles. He could probably get something done. Like I don't even know, (laughs) but probably like I've, you've never failed me. So why would you ever fail me? You know, you're you're batting a thousand. So uh, you're, you're officially in. My circle, my inner circle, the food yeah. guy. Yeah. Well, I, fuck, it'd be a lot of fun to go to another city with you. Also, you'd be someone I would love to travel with because you would allow me to take control, which is something that I have difficulty relinquishing when it comes oh, to those God, things. Oh, God, me too. But if, if it would have to be, I'm all or nothing. It'd be like, yeah. Charles, like, you actually probably have to wake me up. You just put my pants yeah. on for me. And then, like, because I can't do, like, partial. Pour a little four loco in your mouth. Exactly. Yeah. But if you're like, hey, Max, what do you think? I'm going to be like, dude, you want me to have some control here or not? Because, like. I need to just yeah, follow I would not be asking. or lead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't happening. All right, yeah. so let's fucking book it, dude. Yeah. Let's 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 go. Let's do That's some amazing. random day, yeah. weekend, whatever. Yeah, all right, cool. Shit. Qualm's coming too. Yeah, dude, I'm in. Because, I'm, again, I would be in because I travel for the story. And we've, we've talked about this before. But I really feel like uh, I, I, this question popped into my brain because I had a discussion about this a few days ago yeah. uh, about the idea of going to Australia. And oh, yeah. somebody asked why I want to go. And I said, because it's the farthest away that I can get from where I am right now. And one of the people's response was, well, what about Antarctica? I'm like, that's on there too. And they're like, well, pff, what do you want to do there? I'm like, I don't fucking care. Yeah. I want to go ever since I was a small child. Again, going back to you and I having similar experiences growing up. All I wanted to do was go as far away from where I was as possible. Just cause, and right? I, yeah, Just I got super, like, I was super into astronomy, mm. and, like, I knew where all the planets were, and I would absolutely daydream about, like, yeah. traveling in space. Interstellar travel. Because in my Closest brain, thing you yeah, do, right? exactly. Yeah, and, in, okay. and in my brain, uh, the, the world was, was not large. 
And while sure. we do, in fact, live on a relatively small rock in comparison to the universe, yep. I didn't understand until I actually started traveling how much I didn't know and how much I hadn't seen. <sighs> And the minute I started traveling, that was it. I didn't care. I didn't care if I had street, like hot dogs or sausages everywhere and I never even got to sit down. It was the fact that I was somewhere that I hadn't been around people that I had never seen. The idea that humans can exist in the same exact time as me, whose lives are maybe similar to mine in age, but whose entire lives, all of their years on this earth, I will never never overlap with. That is fascinating to me. And anywhere that I can dream of going that's far away by nature would also be different enough that whatever it is, I'll find something great to eat. I'll find something great to look at. I'll find something great to drink. I'll find a moment where I feel as insignificant as possible because I love it. I will find some experience. I'll meet somebody who I never would have met before. And that that's it for me is I feel like my job on this planet is to try and see and experience and honestly like love it as much as possible to feel like I actually tried to understand what my very short time on this earth is. And I really lucked out that I have a partner that sees it the same way. She's a little bit more type A in the the same way that Charles is. But the first few times that we traveled, she also understood that I have a weird knack of finding interesting things to happen and sometimes we also have to plan some stuff. Like I can't, it's you can't have that balance too, because yeah. it's, it's that way with Marnie and I as yeah. well. Like she wouldn't for a trip, she wouldn't be like planning all this stuff. And a lot of times on a round trip, she's like, "Can I just sit and read this book for a little bit? Mm-hmm. You know, like, can you just leave me alone <laughs> do you fucking stop, Charles? Yeah. Do you just <laughs> fucking stop? Yeah, yep. Right. And that that's it. Also finding that balance, like it, like traveling with somebody that you love, whether it's your actual partner or good friends. It doesn't mean that we have to be locked at the pinky the yeah. entire time. Like you can also fuck off and do your own thing. Ooh. Yeah, which which yeah, I yeah. also really appreciate being in an ad- another sign of a healthy relationship. Yeah, in an adult sure. healthy relationship is that. Hey, you're interested in this? Cool. I actually really want to do that, and I don't think we have time to do both. Yeah. Do you mind if yeah. we both go do our thing and then come back and meet up, and then we'll go do something together and talk about it? We had so, a rare so- role reversal in Mexico City because I I was struggling with the altitude that Marnie would just be like, I'm going to go walk around for an hour. And I'd be like, please do. I'm fucking dragging you down because I don't feel great. Because of you saying that, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I I love Mexico, but I haven't spent time there other than like a layover or a night to go somewhere else or whatever. But like, I'm super altitude sickness prone. And Uh, I didn't, I also like, I don't think I'm that dumb, but I just wouldn't have thought about that. I was there and I didn't think about it. Like, because of you now, I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to like, probably take a day or two to like acclimate before yeah. I do too much yeah, yeah. Shit. or go or like stop somewhere that is a step up before yeah. you get to there so that you can start to acclimate. What, what would acclimate? that be? What would that be? I don't know. I get, I was thinking about that as well, but I was like, I don't know if I'd have the time to do it, but I think, so I'm going to look into, uh, here's another thing. I want to look into medications mm-hmm. because I know there are things that can help like mm-hmm. oxygenate your blood so that you're not like, just struck did by you, that. Did you do anything? Did you like get oxygen canisters or anything? They gave me muscle relaxers, and I was like, I'm not taking fucking muscle relaxers. They I said, mean, you're gonna, you're, you're, you'll be fine. You'll acclimate. So I never fully acclimated, but the way I felt the first night, if I felt that way on the second day, I would have left. Yeah. Can I throw out one idea? Did, did either, did you try Four loco? Oh, fuck no. Oh, man. I mean, that might have been the key. 
I didn't have time to go on eBay for to find Max. <laughs> you, you didn't have time to help <laughs> with his education like, fund. I, I mean, come I, on, Charles. <laughs> you what? You hate school, huh? What? Is that what it is? Oh my I, God. I, I I had one miserable experience in uh, Colorado. We went out just we, like hiked a fourteen or. Where were you in Colorado? Uh, you know, flying to Denver and then head to the mountains. And uh, we were based in Keystone. Okay. And I've been out there. We had a family friend who's now passed, but he had a. Um, a condo chalet thing out there so we had mm. access to that and uh, i love skiing and uh I, we'd only ever gone in the winter you know one pbr the night you get there fucks you up you like black out on it so like there's like you gotta be aware of that but then <laughs> i'd never gone in the summer and i went in the summer and i was actually with my mom and my and my wife now wife uh and we just like landed you know got in drove up in 14 hours after we landed we're hiking a 14er and I was like, hmm, getting to the top. I'm like, I had a pretty bad headache. And by the time I was at the bottom, I like almost couldn't see, like couldn't Ooh, open my so eyes. you got like actual Oh, yeah. Sickness. And I was that yeah. whole night, I was like, I, I, this is like really morbid. But I was like, if somebody would have, like, if there would have been like a sharp object nearby, I would have like started poking holes in my head or something because yeah. it I've is the most fantasy. pain I've ever been in, inescapable. <sighs> and, and there is not much that you can do other than you should have acclimated. I tried to hide yeah. it as much as I could. And, yeah. but once you're there, like, Go to an oxygen bar and maybe that works, but maybe I don't know. How long did it take for it to go away? Uh, probably the. Was it after you left? Like you? No, did you have to was, leave? No, it was. I, I just I stayed at um, whatever the altitude of Keystone would have been, and I probably should have driven back into Denver. That probably would have been the smartest thing, actually. But you know, gotten back down to lower yeah, elevation. Keystone's still at like eight. Yeah, or it's, nine, I don't right? know. It's yeah. something high. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but you know, it's it's not fourteen. So uh, right. yeah, but it was. It took. Till probably six, eight the next morning till I was like functional. I still felt terrible, but like I was in a ball, like crying and moaning. Like, I don't know what, like I may die tonight kind of thing. So I feel that, uh, that, 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 that pain and I want to avoid it at all costs. And uh, I like Mexico. And because of you, Charles, I'm going to try and figure out how to not die when I go to Mexico, just because my brain is stupid and blood is stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I had like, well, it's interesting that I decided to Google it because all I really did is we didn't sleep at all because of the time of our flight and stuff. I probably slept like two nights the evening before we traveled. We traveled, we arrived, we unpacked our bags. Marnie said, I'm going to go to the bank to pull some money. Do you feel like uh, coming with? Or I was like, I'm, I think I'm just going to take a pop a quick nap before we go out to dinner. And every time I almost fell asleep, I would go, <gasps> like I'd wake up and like gasp. And that's the only thing I could, I don't know why it was the first thing my mind went to, but I Googled altitude. Wow. Were you, were, you, were you in any sort of discomfort or? Just, it was that, like I couldn't breathe. Oh, okay. so you couldn't. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. But when I was idle, I felt normal. But when I was trying to fall asleep, I kept gasping. I would just wake up gasping. And I was like, that's not normal. And I figured it had to do something with like my breathing pattern. Mm-hmm. So I Googled altitude. And the first thing that popped up was 7,000, what is it? 7,349 feet, like, just popped up on my phone. And I was like, ah. And I've never struggled with altitude, <laughs> yeah. so it was confusing. And I'm, I don't want to get into it too much more, but. We'll, yeah, have, a, we'll have a, a little kind of after-party side podcast just about altitude sickness, maybe. Yeah. People, well, people don't know. Until <laughs> it happens to you, you don't think about it. I, I've, I've like, now I'm going to check everywhere I go, right? Like, why uh, wouldn't I'd, you? I'd vaguely heard of it before. And yeah. then once it hit me, I was like, this is the most pain that. I've ever had my entire life. And that's I didn't know it existed. It can be like, dangerous yeah. at that level when oh, you're yeah. feeling pain I, and stuff. I flew shortly after sinus surgery and I've had the same fantasy that you did. I literally 
I said, if there's an ice pick in the lobby. God, I was going to say, an ice pick was my I, tool, I, too. I, I, I was, was like, I want an ice I, pick. I, oh, my God. I, I was fantasizing. Like, the, mm-hmm. the poor flight attendant was kind enough to bring me, like, a, a hot, like, wet rag to hold on my face. Compress. But I literally was holding on my face. I said, if there's an ice pick, will you please bring it back? I'll <laughs> use this rag to stop the blood, but I'm just going to push it right into my face right, right here because I hadn't given my sinuses enough time to heal. So there was like one little pocket where the pressure was Not just building equalizing, up. Yeah. And all yeah. I could picture was like, well, my face is probably going to explode. Yeah. Like that's, that's just, and honestly, uh, it would uh, feel better than I would be happier with that. Yeah. You'd be like, we'll, we'll, we'll sort this out when we land. It's like, like, like when you stub your toe and you're like, I should probably just cut my foot off. Like I, I'm, I'm good with it. We've I had think fun. That every time I stub my toe, yep. yeah, cut yeah, I guess off. cut off. That was we had a good run. There's time. a reason the good Lord gave us two. Time, exactly, <laughs> I can I can hop. We'll be fine. Uh, well, shit. All right. Should we uh, cheers to that? Yeah. Did you do you feel like you completed your point? We did digress there. No, I think that's it. Like it really is. I, I'm I'm in it for the story. I don't care where it is. I just want to go as far away from where I am as possible. Okay, so distance, distance I feel, is, I feel yeah. like distance qualifies, but the story the story may or may not transpire. So that's why if you're going for the story. Charles, you know, I think you've known me long enough that the story always transpires. Well, hold on. You can't, you can't identify that you're going to go somewhere for a story if it's just like randomly occurring, right? I, 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 I disagree. I think that if I decided that I wanted to write an essay or an article about a place... I would go until I found the reason that I wanted so to. So if you're looking for that. Irish hijinks, you're like, I'm going to Ireland. You're fucking right. Okay. There's like What up Ireland? Right. We're coming. I mean We should. Digitally we're coming. Dude, we 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 have a lot of listeners and I'm telling you, we're so. we we gotta get we gotta get Maddie and Billy yeah. on board and then we're gonna have a whole libations party in Ireland. I know we were just we were joking about doing like a what do we say? Irish week or Irish yep. month or something? Irish month. Because we're like, oh, we got a couple of guests that have mm-hmm. Uh, connections to Ireland. And there are so many stories and towns and (laughs) villages and cities that I didn't get to in this last year. And I've never been in what all my God wanted to go. It is so wonderful. But it it really is true. Like, I just love, it doesn't have to be like an epic story. Sometimes it's literally just wandering around and being alone in a bar and just listening. Like, I, I will sometimes, if I really don't feel super comfortable or I haven't had a conversation yet, I'll put my AirPods in but not have them on. And then I'll just hang out and have a pint and I just listen to what's going on around me. And even as deaf as I am, if you kind of zero in on it and you open yourself up to it, you'll you'll be a part of these really incredible random moments in people's lives. And I love that. I love figuring out, much like what we figured out in the show after 70, what, four episodes now? I love that there's always a story to tell that I had no idea about whether I know the person or I don't know the person. Sure. Everyone has their own story. Everyone has their own thing. And whether you walk in in the middle of it or you get to watch it happen or you get to be a part of it. I love that. Cause it's all the human condition. To yeah, me, yeah. You yeah. know, we, and, uh, we might have like a future topic that we can present to um, a forthcoming guest regarding whether you make, um, uh, friends while you travel. Mm. Whether you, Absolutely. Yeah. And single I, serving, whether you make, that's the word, the term I search for, do you make single serving friends? I think, uh, I think I know a certain guest that we should ask that to. Okay. Uh, yeah. And some people do and some people don't. Yep. The interesting thing is if you ask someone and they're like, they just answer no and that's the whole answer. It's not very Fair. enticing. But, but you could say yeah. why. Because you and I both make friends everywhere we go. Abroad I was, and at home. I was looking for a friend of mine's phone number, uh, 
most recently, uh, we, 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 Charles and I were both part of the Iron Bartender series here in the Twin Cities, which was awesome. I was looking for a phone number of one of the contestants that I hadn't texted in years. I, I just wanted to see if, if well, well, I was going to ask him a specific question. And when I was going through it, I found a phone number for a friend of mine who I, my friend's band opened for his band, and they went on tour together. And for my 25th birthday, as a 43-year-old, for my 25th birthday, I went on tour for four dates with them just to go have fun. And the guitar player in the band and I kind of made friends, and I saved his number, and it is transferred through all these years. He's, it's transferred through all these phones. Yeah. And I texted him, and I was like, dude, is this still Mike? And he goes, yeah, Quam, you're still on my phone. What the <laughs> fuck is up, dude? And we literally texted back and forth for a night and a half. We haven't talked in 18 years. There are people that were born that could vote in the time that we have not talked. Yeah. And we had a great conversation. And like, not deep, but just like, hey, how are you doing? Uh -huh. Those are the people, like, those are the friends that I love finding. Those are the stories that I love being a part of, where that was something that, while it didn't change my entire life, it's something that I'll think about forever. Like, there's just these, these little moments. Uh, Talon Estonia, we found a stray dog who was incredibly friendly. He was a German shepherd. He ended up following us around in town for two and a half hours. He would wait outside the bar, and when we came out, he would come with. We went to the top of an old castle. The dog just came with. Hung out with us. We petted him for a while, and then we left. And when we got to the border of, like, the old town in Tallinn, <laughs> he just turned around and walked away. Like, it was amazing. We just had this little cool dog friend. Again, no idea who he was, no idea whose dog it was, no idea if that was even remotely safe. But you know what? Anytime that you can get to, like, be friends with a dog for a couple hours, it's a pretty good couple hours. And I'm down with that. So whatever, wherever I go, I like to try and go as far away as possible because the chance of a, a new story somehow seems greater in my brain if I'm literally as far away from something that I think is comfortable as possible. Before we get too far off of that topic, I just, I have, I took a bunch of notes. Charles, again, was like, don't prepare anything. I'm like, okay, well, I can't do that. But uh, I, in a recent episode, I just loved, I, I've done this. So I was like, oh, oh, that's like, that's a thing. Like, that makes so much sense. But uh, Quam said that he loves going grocery shopping. Mm -hmm in different countries, Absolutely. different states, like whatever, because nobody's, uh, nobody's performing there. Mm -mm. They're all just like in some state of like need to be there. <laughs> like You're in your own life. Yeah, you may be just, I need a bagel or a banana to like make it through this hour or you might be shopping for the week or whatever, but nobody's, nobody's putting on any masks there that they don't you know, need to and uh, yeah, that's a, a super fun, it almost feels like a cheat code. How to like it is. just feel a, a, a local vibe. That's, uh, you know, Jenny and I, we got into when we would rent, like we got into renting Airbnbs because cooking a meal in another city in a home makes you feel like you live there. Like I know that I don't live in Reykjavik or Oslo or Paris, but God, when I can go to the grocery store and buy groceries with everybody else in that neighborhood and then I can go home and I can cook a meal and then we can open up the windows and have a glass of wine or a cup of coffee... I, you, you do feel like you're a part. You're a part of their story now. And I, I love that too. I love my, my favorite compliment. We've talked about this before is when somebody mistakes you for a local. That's like, oh, I won. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. and, or when they overhear you trying to ask where the mushrooms are in France and they're like, 
sorry, we don't carry penises here, sir. I'm like, oh, well, um, I'll just go keep looking at my own then. Or <clears throat> when you first move to Norway and you ask your roommate across the hall for a guitar pick and you don't realize that pick is slang for uh, erection in Norwegian, hmm. and then you make the strumming motion while oh, asking really? if, if they have an erection. Yeah, it's a great way to make uh, friends. Like, 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 yeah, how yeah. exactly would the, the word and the motion pair? It, so it would be like, how do you in peak? And he's like, huh? I was like, how do you in the peak? And then I strum harder. And uh, boy, watching somebody <laughs> just erupt in laughter to that, and then not understanding uh. why. And then having them in broken English have to explain to you that while pick in English is not the same as peak. So you were asking, do you have an erection? I went into, I literally knocked on my neighbor across the hall's door for the very first time to ask if he had an erection. And then I made what I would say nine out of ten people would assume is a jerking off motion Mm -hmm. as I was trying to strum imaginary strings. But did he have an erection? He did not. But he did have a guitar pick. A little later. A little after that. And he did give it to me and then tell me that he doesn't need it back. (laughs) So. Yeah, if we're giving any of the erection neighbor in the hall, we're not going to ask for it back. Right. Yeah, we don't. I feel like I should should cheers to that. (laughs) Yeah. Let's cheers to topic number two, lest this become a seven-hour podcast. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. Cheers. Should I... Are there any things here that I could, should, would open? You guys have something on deck or... Uh, or does this, is this, does this carry through the entire time, that bottle? Yeah, I mean, ah. we can do whatever you would like oh, to Let's do. fuck it up then. Okay, well, I just yeah. slid you the Bud Light Icies that I don't want. <laughs> I just used them to keep some of this stuff cold. But um, Oh, my God. That's what that is? I was wondering what those were. Yeah, you can, you can have fuck. those. No, thanks. Got some um, branded products. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Whatever, whatever. Also, got, I told Charles, if, if this was only my show, we would only do grower champagne. Like, that's all I fucking care about. But I brought a little bit of bubbly if we want to do any bubbly. This is my favorite, my wife and I's favorite, favorite uh, producer. Um, Let's fuck on some bubbles. Let's do some bubs. Let's do uh, some bubs. There you go. I'll just smell your breath. Just put it in my face. Do you have a peak? Hard to in peak. None of that was in the microphone. <laughs> All right. So this is an interesting one. I think, Max, you're going to enjoy this. So if universal standard pay was implemented, and you could do absolutely anything you liked for a healthy sum, there's plenty to live on, would you still be doing what you're doing today, or would you transition to another vocation? Uh, I'd be... Likely doing what I'm attempting to do. Yep. Which is being a father and uh, creating art. I'm not. But in terms of a career, which of those? Are those not options? The being a father thing is not a career. I can't stay at home and watch my child for a universal basic income? Okay. All right. I thought you you said. If you had to apply yourself to any public facing vocation whatsoever. Okay. So we went from like full socialist, like, yeah, you can get paid to be a, like, an artist or like a... This is, yeah, we're setting like a, a science fiction scenario before us, the universal standard pay, but you're still working. Say you're choosing to work. Could what I work, is it that you would do? Could I work as an artist or no? Of course. Oh, okay. I'd probably what kind of artist? What kind of artist? Yeah. Um, hmm. Well, all the money's in graphic design, so probably not there because um, it's universal basic income, right? Who cares? Uh, Correct. Probably just... 2D, anything. I love acrylic paint. Acrylic uh, paint? 
they I like like big installations like wood, lots of paint, maybe even spray paint, like maybe creating a structure. Um, I like really like impactful 2D art. Um, but that's not something that you can just like go sign up for and have it be a job, but I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I, I uh, not super unrelated is I, I love to work with my hands uh, in houses, building cabins, all that kind of stuff, just creating things that then can easily be enjoyed as part of your life with sure. your friends, your family, whatever. Um, I can't, I, we've redone like five or six houses since my wife and I moved in together right after, well, she was still in college. We got a house in White Bear Lake and um, lived in it while we flipped it. And we've just been doing that ever since. And I can't get enough of it. I just love uh, creating and improving things and working with my hands. I have a really bad back. I have a bunch of, uh, you know, yeah, serious old man back issues. And so sitting on a computer all day, which is what I actually do to make money, really feels like shit most of the time. Yeah. But anytime I'm, yeah, like building a cabin. And you're moving and stuff. Working on the house or painting a big yeah. thing on the kid's wall in the bedroom. Like, I love that. So that's a real soft answer, but hopefully that works. Do you do, do you paint? Have you been like yeah. an, so you do some acrylic yeah. painting already? And yeah. yeah I, 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 um, I had a, a tough and uncommon choice when I was a uh, senior in high school. Uh, I was trying to decide between business school and art school. Sure. And I went to Carlson That's School. That's a chasm. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know if I regret it because you know I'm I'm doing all right right now. I don't I don't at all hate where I'm at, but uh, that that spark that is there from basically the day you're born, that creative spark to do ridiculous things and think with parts of your brain that don't make sense, that has definitely been dampened down. So I'm trying to reignite that in any way that I can right now, and. Uh, so I went to business school, and now I'm trying to focus back on art. I was going to ask a super deep question. You, I don't you, you need to be a that. sounder. I want, what sounder would have been good? No, there? that wasn't. I wasn't going to go sounder. I was actually going to going to ask. Uh, do you feel like you needed somebody to give you permission to chase the creative side, or were you were you making your own calculation in business versus art? I, I, I'm asking that because I didn't understand until much later in life that I didn't need to have somebody give me permission to do what I actually wanted to do. Yeah. I literally thought, like, you had to follow, like, certain things. You couldn't just go do a thing that you wanted to right. do. Well, I mean, the college track, regardless <clears throat> of what you pursue, the college track is a good thing. But yeah, that's a, yeah. that's a forced kind of just assumed thing. You should do some sort <clears throat> of college, trade school, whatever. Oh, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, but it, it does come from a place of privilege to be able to actually pursue what you want because you still got to somehow pay for your shelter right. and your food, your right. water, whatever. Um, I think I've always kind of been on my own, kind of always had to fight for what I got. And so I ended up going the route that I did because I saw a clearer path to um, set a super comfy, big, stable foundation for myself and everything that I wanted. And I thought, hey, I can do this now. I'll do art later when I have a house and can provide for people that I feel like I want to provide for. And I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to flip that switch right now. It's, it's wild. Cause it's actually, I'm trying to do that right now. Um, uh, and I don't know, I wouldn't have sold a business if I had gone the art, art route. Oh, I mean, it's possible, but it's unlikely that I would have had a windfall, uh, 
you know, a Banksy style windfall. Uh, it would have been great, but right. um, less clear paths forward there. And maybe be a little more fulfilled at the end of every day, but maybe I can still get there. We, yeah, tell me more about your... Well, yeah, it's just, it's wild for me because, like, like, I didn't know that you could just be in a band until my roommate was like, we're, we're in a band, do you want to be in a band? And I was like, wait, what, you can just do that? And then the same thing with DJing, like, that was completely accidental. I was just the guy that always had music and played it at parties. And then somebody's like, I mean, do you want to DJ this thing? And I'm like, well, you can't just, like, be a DJ. Yeah. Like, well, what do you think has to happen? I'm like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> and then bartending, like, again, same thing. I always wanted to be a bartender, but I never, th- I, d- I didn't know you could just be a bartender. And then literally I won my first bartending gig at a house party. Like, okay. So I guess that, and it was all of those things over and over was like, oh no, you can just go do what you want. Yeah. And so I developed yeah. this need where yeah. I didn't want to monetize the thing that made me the happiest. Mm-hmm. And this is a struggle that I've been through my entire life. And I still struggle with right now is I do something that gives me monetary benefit and hopefully some other sort of benefit. And then that funds whatever weird-ass creative shit right. I want to do. Because I like to have them separate. Yeah. Because the minute I monetize my creativity, I start liking it less. Yeah. And I start focusing on it less. Mm-hmm. Like, the weird part about Charles's question is if I had to say that, I'm probably doing something very similar to what I'm doing right now. Yeah. I would have a recording studio. Yeah. I would be doing some form of voiceover slash podcast stuff. Because I, while I love music and I'm devoted to music and I know what good music is in my brain, I am not a good songwriter. I am not a good lyric writer. I am a good prose writer. So I would love to have people recording and then write about that process. And then I would take the other chunk of that money and I would spend it on doing something in the THC field, which as of a month ago, I actually manifested. Yeah. So even in a perfect world, I would just be traveling more. I would have enough money, hopefully, to have our dog come with where we traveled. But it would be, if, if I knew that I didn't have to work for a living, I would still be doing something with audio slash music and with THC. Yeah. So it's kind of a cool place to be. Yeah. Because I spent so long trying to figure that out. And now I've gotten to a point where I feel like I've nestled in sort of a perfect nexus of the two. Yeah. I have a little bit of business school and a little bit of art school all swirled up into the same coffee cup. Are you living your dream right now? I kind of am. Yeah. You know, of course, we could all be a little bit more comfortable. We could all be a little bit better. I could feel a whole lot fucking better about the world around me. Uh, but when it comes to inside my house, I, I feel pretty wonderful. My partner is amazing. Our needs are taken care of. We have good friends and family. Like... I feel taken care of. I'm still stressed out, you know, because I want to make sure, honestly, more than anything, I'm stressed out because I want to see my dreams come to fruition. Yeah. I want to see my partners in Plift succeed. I want to see us be a part of something that's for the long haul and for good. I want to see this podcast continue to grow. I want to travel with Charles and interview people all around the country and the world. And I think that we have a chance at doing that. So, I'm not worried about how hard I'm, I'm mashing the gas pedal, you know, like we'll get there and we'll just keep building it. So I'm the lamest answer of all because I'm kind of fucking doing it. Well, that's perfect. I, I'm very happy now, saying now, that. Now we, now we just ask the questions of like, oh, but how do we do it? Because you're doing it. How do you, how do you figure it out? What's the secret? And I, I've already picked up a lot from what you said. I, I don't literally, the, the saddest part is it was, you start to trust your gut, which is something that, that we've talked about on the show before. 
it's you start to say, I, I, I've learned because I made some really bad decisions in my 20s. You start to learn from all those bad decisions. As long as you pay attention to them and you don't wholly push it off on somebody else, if you own your part of that, you know, when you, when you look in the mirror and you say, all of the failures, the only thing in common is me. So how do I fix that? What yeah. could I have done better? What could I have learned more of? If you keep focusing on that, you know, and again, I, d I don't know the, where the future goes. I, I could be wrong. But this is the closest that I've ever come to actually figuring it out. And when I close my eyes and try and imagine what this is, it's this with a little bit more freedom and a little bit more travel. You know, like I would love if my wife didn't have to pull 12 hour days, but she does right now because that's also what she's in. She's working for her own truth in this. And I, I until she tells me that she doesn't feel like it's healthy, I'm going to keep backing her. And basically I'm hoping that this push for both of us ends up where we both get to take a deep breath and go like, fuck, like we're not done with the race, but we're in a spot where we're both feeling fulfilled. So you, you said deep breath. I was really curious. Do you, do you feel like you get to take those deep breaths daily though? Do you get to sit back and daily? Absolutely not. Okay. But, okay. but like weekly, biweekly, monthly. Yeah, I do. I, I usually it comes, uh, Charles knows this about me. It usually comes at like a concert. There's a, like a, the, the closest I get to spirituality is the moment when the lights go down before the crowd realizes it and starts cheering. It's my favorite one second of time on earth. When you get an instant pick. Because exactly, I get an instant peek. Uh, when the lights go down, I just close my eyes and I try to like feel how long it takes before everybody just starts screaming. And that's my favorite moment gonna, is the anticipation. We're going to discuss a topic, spoiler alert, that has more direct application to this. Yeah. So it's, that's the end have, of my answer. We're going to have an opportunity yeah, to like dig into that. I have like more. 17 follow-ups on that. So I guess I'll just keep taking notes and email you guys after the show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, you know, Charles, back to you. Yeah, I mean, you you both sort of answered that you're kind of doing or are about to do the thing that you would do, which is a totally valid answer. I think I'm going to approach this from, even though I love what I'm doing very much, that um, I'm of such varied interests that I think there are other things I'm going to pursue in life, even if I never stop doing what I do now. If I'm looking at having like a central role, something that I do to benefit, I don't know, society or culture or what have you going forward, the first thing that I would think of is like doing something in like public service or, or charity. But guess what? If we have universal standardized uh, um, income, then that's going to be a little less necessary. There might not be room for a guy. <laughs> that was literally, that was, I, though, I didn't answer that because of that. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I'm like, well, yeah, most yeah. people would be taken care of then. Or, so know, we don't you, have to worry you about You can find that. a unique pathway or you could also do it supplementary, yeah. supplementarily. Uh, and I, it's something that I wanted to do in my twenties. I thought that was what my life was going to be when I worked with Oxfam America, Amnesty International, volunteering on, on various things. I thought that's what my life was going to be. But if I'm thinking about my creative side and, and doing something where there's no risk, where the stakes are really low, just like if any of us pursued something that we don't specialize in. If we were told that you could go out there and just do your best and the stakes wouldn't be that you're going to run out of money and go out of business. Uh, I would do something in food and beverage. The first thing that came to mind as I was thinking about this was like doing something really new and interesting with coffee mm. because I love coffee and I sure someday in the near future, I'll own a cafe. I actually tried opening one last summer. That's, 
a story we don't need to get into, but I'm sure I'll do something with coffee someday. And cafes mostly are same, same, you know, they do a lot of the same things and they provide people with all the things that all the people would want. And I kind of have some thoughts about ways that I could do it differently. And I feel like that would be a really great way to pass my days. Um, if we're getting standardized income, there's so many, like every day we always say on this podcast on any given day, you can answer in a different way. Like tomorrow I'd probably say I'd be a fucking fighter jet pilot or some stupid shit. Too tall. I'd shoot down Chinese balloons. Fuck off. Yeah. I mean, I do that. Don't get me wrong, (laughs) but I'll do it from the ground. Um, I just want to, you know, for those that are listening that can't see, uh, Charles is drinking his third Keurig cup coffee right now. (laughs) Mm. Coffee, champagne, four loco, Miller Genuine Draft and whiskey. Could be a weird dreams can, tonight, man. Can I give Can I give the <laughs> this champagne a shout out quick? Just the producer. That it is excellent. This is spectacular. Uh, yeah, please it, tell us about like, it. Like I poured it in my four local glass, which is like absolutely. You know what? We're, we're partying here, right? Like, I had to throw mine in the dumpster. I actually rinsed it. I went upstairs and rinsed it, and then I smelled it. And I was like, "No, I'm not pouring. I'm not just, pouring champagne." In here. Just just throw that glass in the the, Damn it, the I rinsed den of it, sin. I, I'll never remember what it's called. Den of sin. The the anger room. What's it? The, the de-stress room. De-stress. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay. So we're drinking. Uh, this is Fleury is a producer. Champagne Fleury. Uh, this is their Blanc de Noir. It's kind of their just basic entry level, um, non-vintage anything. But uh, it's 100% Pinot Noir, and uh, it's just they they're. It, it's just wild to talk about many wine producers in Europe, especially where you're just like. They're chill. They're small, but like, yeah, they go back like seventy thousand generations. Right. And mm-hmm. like, you go to their establishment, which we finally got to do last year, actually, which was really great. Um, and it's just like this incredible, beautiful building with just state of the art stuff. And you're like, and wait, so how old is this producer? Uh, you know what? I should, I should, or you don't? I don't have no. It's not. I think they're. It is interesting how like the, fourth generation right now uh, or fifth generation. Yeah. Um, shout out to Morgan Fleury. She runs. She's the. I, th- I think she's might be in, maybe in charge. She's the the daughter of the previous Fleury uh, generation, and uh, she not only helps a lot with events and the uh, you know at at the vineyard, but they have one location in Paris. I mean, because everything else is in the Champagne region, right? But they have a tasting room in Paris mm-hmm. on the street that I I could look up and, and and pass it along. But it's like along there's like sex shops and all this other stuff there, and it's just this baller tiny little place that they well, just in the champagne room though yeah they Ooh, yeah. well yeah Chris rock just, said just sex across the street from the champagne yeah. room. Yeah. <laughs> but just uh, outside yeah, i'm picturing yeah. like like just Miguel, the like in the yeah. the moulin rouge area Is yeah that no not quite that far out okay. it's actually i mean you know what do you if you want an answer i can just look at my phone really quick but it's it's uh uh it's it's always a must stop for for us when we're in paris because they'll they have you know it is their one retail location and it's half the size of this room and they make a sh- shit ton of awesome champagne so they just you can get all these crazy like oh 2001 vintage this that or like all these different grapes this is experimental whatever yeah. and they'll just pop anything you know for a, a pour or a flight or whatever crazy. and if you like grower champagne uh, there's i've not experienced anything like it at all i mean this is like the equivalent of going to i guess yeah your favorite craft brewery and they just made it right there kind of thing but with champagne that's pretty hard to do yeah. you know especially in a city like paris where they're obviously not going to be growing grapes downtown um so all right, I'll look it up really quick, but it's it's uh, uh, we fell in love with it. I don't know five six years ago. Is this non vintage or is it's non vintage? Yeah, this is just their basic their yeah, basic. It's very uh, good. I brought the split. You know, I could have next time. I'll bring some baller shit. No, but. we have 
we have enough to drink. Yeah, apparently. yeah. Uh, but they, they um, <laughs> this looks like like the table where our board is. Looks like the weirdest bottle share that's ever this happened in the history. Yeah. This table's gonna break. Like, people will be kissing before the night is done, and it may just be you know one of us in the bathroom alone. But uh, <laughs> Splinter, <laughs> he's here, isn't he? I can no. feel. I can feel him. <laughs> you know, just come falling through the. No. Yeah. No, he's just going to come crawling out of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles thing. He's like, hey guys, I'm the real splinter. Anybody got a peek? Anybody hard doing peek? Yeah. So anyway, I love champagne, love these guys. You can, it's hard to get in the US. They don't have a lot of retail outlets, but you can buy, if you Google Champagne Fleury, F-L-E-U-R-Y, there's like two or three shops online that'll ship to you. It'll ship to you. Okay. I was going to ask how you ask I have no affiliation with them other than I'm just obsessed with them. Yeah. And I've even said like, hey, in your next shipment, can you like, ship over some of this, this, and this, so I can buy it. And they're like, no, no, absolutely not. Like, it's not how it works. And I'm like, okay. A lot of their bottles go to restaurants, which Fine. is cool because wherever they're going, they get these really, you know, small producer champagnes, but it, yeah. there's very few that hit the retail market. And I, if anybody here wants to start a business importing Grow Champagne, uh, holla, because it's, it's hard to get in the U.S. So Damn Yeah. Right. Yeah. No question. Yeah. Well, cheers. Yes. Yeah. Let's hit topic number three. To the bubs. Cheers. Mom, is that you? Yeah, it is. All right. Unlocked with face. So, obviously, the three of us have had an extensive run with food and drink in our (laughs) storied lives, if you want to say it that. Is there a pairing of addition beverage that you're in love with right now? Is there a, a one-two punch, uh, I love this sip and this bite together, whether as crazy or as, as normal as possible, is there anything that you're really digging? Because I like the combo. I love, I love seeing how people pair things up. I think a good drink is great. I think a good bite of food is great. But if you can find the two together, that's when it kind of becomes transcendent. I cannot. We, we make pizza at home a lot. I, I have to have multiple shitty American night lagers with that pizza. And we, we, you know, we put everything we can into the pizza. It's just ridiculous pizza. I, you make ridiculous food. All your, I love your photos of all your food that you make. It's like, it's not quite that level because that's a hard level to hit, but you go like mm. balls out on this pizza and then it's like, no, I need like six Old Mill Lights with this and I'm going to drink them in a half an hour. Like I need that so bad. But otherwise for me, any grower champagne along with the, um, the flat pretzel crisp things, like the everything pretzel crisps. Oh yeah, my God. Like, it, give me tasty. any cheese. It could be yes. even some like basic Wisconsin cheddar. Ideally something a little the more. Pub cheese? How about the pub cheese? That little bucket? The, of the, the spready? Cheese. Yeah. The, the, oh, the, like the baby bells? What are you talking about? No, no, no. Like the, the, it comes oh, in like the little sour the cream containers. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, yeah. neon orange and it tastes like the cheese that you get with the little red stick in the crackers. Yes. Like, like are you talking pimento cheese? It's no, called no. pub cheese. It, yeah. Pub cheese. It's called pub cheese. Am I supposed to know what this is container. if I live in Minnesota? You know, I didn't know what it was until we did a cabin trip like two months ago and okay. Marnie got a bunch of snacks and one of them was just this little yeah. orange, neon orange container that says pub cheese on it. Did right. yours have the, it, the port swirl in it? No, it was oh, just, dude, it was I think just it's, orange, neon orange cheese. And I was fucking, oh, and I was... Dipping pretzels in yep. there, like yeah. actual pretzels. It's yeah. really good. Cool. Yeah. Okay. There's, okay. there's, a, there's a Wisconsin company, and I'm sure somebody's going to murder me for getting the name wrong. I think it's Kiwana. And it, it, it literally comes in like, like, a, like a small sour cream container. And they, do, they say it's a streak of port. It's got to just be food coloring. But it has like a magenta swirl in oh, the middle of it. Could be for oh. a loco. And yeah, and it's very spreadable. It looks like, it looks like sherbet. 
very spreadable. From, from that's, the outside. That's ah, going to be one of your names it's, or something. It's president who makes it too, like who make butter. That's that's oh, the geez. kind of stuff that like I know is in the oh, grocery geez. store that I just can't. Like I don't see it, but <laughs> so now I'll, I'll look for it. So It's so good and so terrible. Yeah. Right next to Top the Tater, I think. Equal right? parts. Yeah. Yes. I hadn't had Top the Tater until about two years ago. Oh. And I heard people talk about it, but I didn't know it was like, I, didn't, I thought it was just sour cream. I honestly, I'm lactose intolerant, but I just love the idea of Top the Tater in like the Midwest in Minnesota. It's like, Get a five-gallon bucket of top potato and just yeah. fuck it up. Just yeah. shove your whole arm down there. Yeah, you get a snorkel, but use it as a straw. Yeah. Or just like one baby carry in your hand and just shove your whole arm down the bucket. <laughs> so, so it's it, you said you thought it was just sour. Is I thought I'm under impression. No, I thought sour, it was like a sour cream with co- chives or something. It's, I thought it was like ranch Co-cana. or oh, something. Here, like that. here, I'll show you. It literally, these are the two colors. So it's port wine, Calcutta, K A U K A U N A. Okay, that's too classy. That's what it looks like. Oh, let me see. It me is. See. It, it is the yeah. most delightful. Like throw that. Oh, on it some... looks like a can of. Looks like a can of nuts or something. Charles, is there? Do you? Is there a it name? Does. Doesn't it look like a can of nuts? I don't know that I get my nuts in can cans. You never got a can of planters, you lying motherfucker. I don't know if I have. What? Like the, the planters? Okay, never mind. Splinter's coming in soon. You're gonna I'll get way more than a can of nuts. That's exactly right. Unless yeah. snakes come out of them, I've yeah. I've seen those before. Peanut brittle. But I was always like, yeah, I was like, who the fuck? Who the who's surprised by a can? Of, I don't know. Char- anyway, Wait, Charles, is there a name for that aesthetic of like spreadable Midwestern dairy products? Because like the, the packaging all is like kind of. Similar, no, like, I don't honk, think so. But like, oh, you mean like the art style? Well, it, like that's a vibe, isn't it? It is a yeah. vibe. Like, there's only I so many colors you can print on a clear plastic that has a color behind. Like it. That sort of Midwest Jeez. Americana. Yeah, like vibe. that. That design is not yeah. changed. There's always like a, there's always like a cottage in the background. Yeah, yep. and, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And like, they use two or three fonts. Farmhouse, but H A U S. Yes, for sure. That's, that's that's what it's going to be next year when it's the coolest fucking thing in the world. Yeah. Oh, by the way, one of your t-shirts. Yeah, beer, it'll be on beer cans and shit. Yeah. Sure. One of your t-shirts is uh, um, Army Green. Yeah, buddy. See, the man listens. I was like about to grab you black, and I was like, mm, no, Army Green. Oh, see, I mean, is that so cool? Is that so in black. favor? Most of my clothes are black, but I obviously I knew that. Green. That's Yeah. So. It's Army Green still in favor, though? Is that a... Oh, it? yeah. I mean, it's four years running color of the year, so okay. <laughs> I don't think it's going anywhere. Okay. All right. uh, is it my turn? Am I up to... Pass? Yeah. Shit. Okay. Yeah. So this is a fun question. And the thing that occurred to me is I was at a local restaurant last weekend for their new brunch service. It's called Kaluna here in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. Fucking incredible. And Ahmed, uh, the chef owner, is a semifinalist for the Beards. Look her up. If you're not local, if you are, go to there. So they have uh, a great wine program now. Amy Waller, local Psalm implemented this wine program with the this, only waller of wine the only waller of wine. They, uh, so they have uh, it's basically uh, loosely it's a laotian food with um, some other South, southeast asian elements but it's you know that's the underpinnings is it's laotian food and she implemented this menu that's like german wine for the most part almost entirely german wine so like I did not. I, I I've not been there, but I love everything about them, and I'm obsessed. And oh, can't wait man. to go, but I did not know anything about the German wine part. It's uh, it's that. And so I would say that Kaluna and Mr. Paul's right now are my favorite restaurants in the Twin Cities. Like openly accessible, you can go there whenever you want. Right. Restaurants, they're just they're both bangers. Kaluna is unbelievable. Their brunch is crazy good, crazy good. But in terms of pairing, so sort of like the heat and the spice and the sodium and the um, the fresh green and edible flowers and meat stuffs of all the foods that um, 
Chef Ann makes with those like a like a beautiful bright grassy uh, green fruity um, German wine that combination like offsetting the salt and the heat and everything with that like effervescent bright uh, grassy wine it's just beautiful and you don't those are the combinations that we don't always readily think about unless you manually create that experience for yourself. Yeah, that's not something that just happens. Yeah, right. But that's the that's like the entire foundation that the wine menu, the the wine program is built upon is almost I, w- I won't say exclusively because they have other selections, but there is a wide assortment of German white wines, and so you're almost openly encouraged to order those with your food and it works so well. So I, I would love to see more of that in regard to exploring, I think Asian flavors with things that aren't just like a cold Tsingtao or um, I mean, honestly, it's always just a lager. It's like an Asian lager. And then your, your, your plate of food, there's a lot of opportunity out there. I mean, fucking bubbles. I want to drink, I want to drink top echelon, oxidized vintage bubbles with really great Chinese food. I was just going to say everything and then just yeah. like see what's Well, so do I, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how many times does it occur to you? Because we drink a lot of champs in my house, but it doesn't always occur to us where we're having like a really great um, Chinese dish to like grab a great bottle of bubbles and pop it. But holy shit, that would be so great because first of all, bubbles work with everything, but experiencing it, in a different way mm-hmm. with the other, with the sidecar of those flavors yeah. or Thai food or Vietnamese or Laotian or, or Hmong. Like that's something that I, th- I need more of in my life. And I think a lot of people should attempt to experience if they like both those flavors individually, then realizing how well they work together. That's, I mean, that's my, you just described my, my Jenny and I's anniversary dinner. We love going, getting a nice hotel mm. in town and we order either Chinese or Thai food and then we drink a, a nice bottle of champagne. I love that shit. Yeah. Uh, I unlocked a new one that I was not prepared for, but in my head it worked and we just tried it. Um, the pop-up kitchen at, uh, there's a local, uh, natty wine place called Bar Brava in town oh, and the pop-up yeah. kitchen. I went to school with Dan Rice. Great dude. Awesome fucking spot. Incredible spot. Absolutely love it. Like really menu, cool, right? inventive hand shows. Yep. And a brand new, brand new menu. The, like they ditched their kitchen in favor of pop-ups kind of. Well, they're chefs, snacky right? snacks. Yep. And then they were popping, but Guam, I'm sure is well read on the subject now. They're not really <laughs> Popping anymore because now they have. We have a resident kitchen there now. A resident kitchen. Oh, and uh, it is the I believe the youngest son in the Kwong uh, restaurant family, mm-hmm. who spent three years at Spoon and Stable and is now yeah worked under Gavin Kaysen. Yep, and has now opened his his basically like temporary in quotes because we this may last uh, kitchen there. And uh, they have a an incredibly... Called Q's Kitchen. Yeah, Q's Kitchen. K-H-U-E-S. Yep. Um, and uh, we got uh, the hoisin bao and the uh, chili crunch uh, fried chicken sandwich. The hoisin bao with this beautiful gamay was a match made in heaven. Mm. Like every one of the sweet fruit notes in a hoisin exploded oh. with every sip of that gamay. Mm. All of those berries were just running over it. And then, you know, hoisin has that like sweet and salty, tangy kind of vibe to it. 
it almost made the gamay like explode a little bit more because your your tongue was like these are similar but also so different so it just kept i just got i just felt like i just kept salivating and then you go in for the the salty crunch and spice of that chicken sandwich and it was ridiculous so uh, there are a lot of wines that i know would go great with food that i probably am just not going to buy or come across because i wouldn't drink them alone mm-hmm. but is there a is there like an app for that? <laughs> like, like, what should I buy to have with what? I mean, I, I know there's, there's a lot of pairing suggestions and everything out there, but like, yeah, there's a lot of wine I, that goes great with food that yeah. I would not want as an aperitif. And and that was that was really it. Is I I'm lucky enough that I'm surrounded by enough wine folks because I'm definitely not that person. I'm the spirits and the the beer guy. Trash panda. Trash panda. I'm trash panda. I'm not fine dino. And uh, asking around, like I've just sort of built up. Like you start to see the patterns in flavors. And I'm like, well, whatever. Like, yeah. worst case scenario, this is a great glass of wine. I can finish it pretty quick, and I'll have another one. Um, I thought that was spectacular. And then literally the next night, I had my other second favorite pairing, which is a little bit harder to find, but it's one of my favorite products in the entire United States. So anyone out there listening, um, I've talked about this distillery before on the podcast, Jay Riegers in Kansas City. They have an Amaro that is a cold mm. cold brew coffee Amaro. Oh, fuck me. It's called Cafe Amaro, C-A-F-F-E Amaro. It is this weird nexus of like dark caramel, cold pressed coffee, and that medicinal funk of an Amaro. Is there any in this building? Uh, there, there, there is just outside of this building. And we can talk about that after the show. <laughs> okay. uh, but um, I had that with a, uh, a raspberry cheesecake. And holy fuck, it was, it was the entire like French dessert experience in one mouthful, Mm. like where you would have the rich dessert and then you would finish with a beautiful espresso. Uh, it was all of it together. But since we were in America, you had 4,000 more bites of cheesecake. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like, (laughs) I mean, come on. We had a cheesecake. (laughs) I I ate an entire cheesecake. Single serving. It was a half. They set the bottle in the middle of the cheesecake. Pardon. Just But that. Having the coffee, having the Amaro, both of which I interpret as a digestive for me. Yeah. Plus mm-hmm. the dessert, the mm-hmm. decadent dessert, the richness of the cheesecake, mm-hmm. the sharp acid of the raspberry and the sweetness all together. That bite Can was you? like literally just lay back and wait for the spirits to take you that I maybe don't believe in. Just, yeah, just let your peak take over. It, it is, yeah, just go full peak. <laughs> But that was I, those those two bites. Having them on back to back nights and having them be so disparate, but at the same time so equally wonderful. Like where you're like making noises, like embarrassing noises while you're eating them around people that care about you. Like, are you okay? Uh, but it's just that it's it's that wonderful. Did, did did you like come away from that inspired to try more combinations? Or you like, always? Were you like I reached the peak of the mountain? No, I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm no, doing no, ramen and water now. Nope. I, I, every time I find, like the Gamay one especially, the, the Amaro plus coffee plus cheesecake, that's, that should, on anyone's. You knew it was going to work. Yeah, yeah. In, in anyone's yeah, arithmetic, that should work. The Gamay and the Hoisin pork belly bao, mm-hmm. I wasn't prepared to love as much as I did. Because normally I would have picked like kind of a sharp white wine or some sort of bubbles to fight through the, the unctuousness of the fat. Rich, and the, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that gamay, it's a thin body. It's fruit forward, but it has the dry tannins. Like, all of that really worked. And I was almost kind of surprised. Like, what the fuck? What? Because even if I had a little chart, 
if I had looked at it, that wouldn't have been on there. Yeah, well, yeah, that's but it. But it one hundred percent was, and I love that. To to the people that can't see uh, Quam right now, there is some wild twinkle in his eyes. Absolutely, talking about this. Fuck yeah, I think twinkling could, like uh, could tell if there's a tear coming out or like what could be both. Could be a little sweat. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just that excited. <laughs> just got the meat sweat yeah, yep. thinking about that. <laughs> the metaphorical meat sweats. There it is. So yeah, that would be that would be mine. Hell yeah. Um. I think that we should cheers. Yeah. I think that we should cheers. What a, um, do I, is this the point where I say I need more of the whiskey or should I open Yeah, what bottle? would you like? What, what is I, it? You, would you like some more Forrester 1910? Well, I don't, I mean, is this, what's on, what are, what are the options? What's on deck? I the know options are if plentiful. You go, <laughs> That's if why you, I can't offer you a specific thing. We have too many options. If you go old for, Forester, I will match you on that because that sounds kind of wonderful. What, what if I go MGD to your old Forester? <laughs> oh, is there more MGD? Well, I got a sixer. We oh, my God. Right? We'll I would, I would MGD, absolutely have one more. I would, my, my, my first one I sipped, the second one's going to go pretty quick, though. Yeah. Uh, well, let's... Should we, shall we cheers a whiskey and then... I Let's will, do that. I, I will, like that. Yeah, I yeah. will inquire the next topic and then uh, get some MGDs. Cool. And also some thicky, thick, thick boys that if we don't drink them, you guys can have them. And also an infected like peach beer over there. Uh, <laughs> I love the way you sell it. You're really, yeah. you're really just bringing it to me. <laughs> yep. Thanks, bid. Uh, I also, this is, so I've got uh, like 67 things that I want to... Uh, say in 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 breaks here and in, in, in fill some spaces. Uh, this one's off the wall, but it's complimentary. Charles, you there's no better way to do social media than you do it. Like I wish everybody on social media did social media how you do because okay. you're like at this point as some of these things are like kind of drying up in certain ways and uh, you know more and more. Uh, Blurry memes from Russian hackers getting passed around by my uh, aunts and uncles. Uh, <laughs> oh my like, God. like I want to know oh like, the the information that Charles provides. I feel like I know. I don't. I literally don't think I've met Marnie, but I think I would consider her a close friend just because of how you, uh, what what you share about your lives, and it's not too much, but it's really interesting. There's a lot of great photos. I can tell what you care about. Um, I just, it's what I want. If I log on to social media, uh, anything, if I'm on Facebook, Instagram, I want, like, I'm always stoked for a Charles post because it, like, <laughs> it, it, like, fires up some, like, envy, excitement, and also, like, uh, I'm like, this is correct. This is what this is for, yeah. but not many people do that. Does that, that include, does that include when I post political stuff on Instagram and I lose, like, 20 followers? I mean, obviously, because we're, yeah, I don't think there's going to be much that's part of the difference in opinion on any of that. But no, yeah. I just, like, I know about your cat, know about your dog, know about your what you're eating, whatever. And it's, yeah. it's not the, like, douchey, look what I'm doing. Like, it could be. Really easily it could be. But it's like, no, I want those pornographic yeah. photos of the food that Charles spent all day making because... Well, I don't know if I have a good reason, but that's what I, I want. I, mean, I, I, I want I to wanna... consume your life, I guess. So if you yeah. could just post more, and I'll just unfriend <laughs> all of my extended family, and like I, I just, I'm I'm not great at social media, never have been, but I want more content like you provide because it makes me feel like I'm getting to stay close with you as a friend, or learn more about you, or experience your life a little bit, and I think that's that's almost gone in a lot of cases, you know, like yeah. most of my friends don't use social media or sure. do, they, they don't use it for the right reasons or whatever. And I'm, 
I, I don't get to see pictures of their babies unless I text yeah. them, you know, and whatever. Yeah. So Send me the a dogs. Photo. Yeah, but like also like there is that was really addressing a void in people keeping in touch. And now Facebook kind of fucked it up and right. Instagram I'm kind of starting to use now, which is seventy three years too late. And TikTok mm-hmm. just gives me a seizure whenever I look at it on my wife's phone. So uh, I, I just whatever weird compliment this is, I just appreciate you're like a social media role model for me and should be for the world or the people that I want to, you know, see. Well, I, I, I appreciate it. I try to be like, I, I try to provide decent content and be modest too. I'm not clout seeking. I just want to connect with my friends and, you know, Kwam knows this. If I post like a cool dish, it's because I want like my friends to see, look at this cool dish. You should go get this cool dish. That's, yeah. And I just semi hate follow you because you plate so much better than I do. And it drives oh me crazy. God. Cause I do what you plate so much better than I do. Huh. <laughs> I, I, I literally like at that point I just want to eat the food like yeah. I I am but it's the same reason that All like right. I can't wrap the presents at Christmas like my wife yeah. has to do that my execution when it comes that to that I, too big it, like the best I can do is like ah, my dish is rustic like that's yeah. the best yeah. that I can get we'll call it a stew it'll taste incredible <laughs> yeah. everything will taste great yeah. but I can't I can't plate for shit because I don't care I just I want it I want it's it understandable lucky the cat was I don't always care so. and I don't always take a photo yeah. you know sometimes you're just like this food's going on the I mean, okay, I care a little bit, just it's in my nature, but I don't always go to the extent where I'm like, I'm going to take a really beautiful photo of this afterwards. Sometimes it's just, this is food that's going to be in a pile because it's designed to be in a pile. To quote the late, great Jacques Cousteau, can you blame the shark for killing? No, it's in its nature. Can you blame the sun for shining? No, it's in its nature. Can you blame Charles for wonderful plating. For no. <laughs> Can you eat in his nature? Quam for walking around in public with a peak. Yeah, listen, <laughs> it's in my nature. It's in, your it's in nature. my nature. But part of my adoration for your your, your social media persona, Charles, does involve what you don't post. Like, I know you don't post every fucking meal. Like, maybe you eat cereal. I don't know. But if, if you do, I don't see pictures of it. All those pineapple sodas, your bullshit snack fest. Mm, I want you to know that our guest next week texted me expressly to tell me that uh, beverages can be snacks. So I, we're going to have to talk about that. We're going to have to talk about it. I also want to let you know that... Uh, <laughs> he texted you just right now? No, he, we had this... Okay, this is going to live on forever, apparently. It's I called a beverage a snack, and he and uh, Abby lost their minds that I thought a beverage could be a snack. But uh, Splinter texted me, and he said, hey, I'm listening to the episode with Abby. I just want to tell you, yes, of course, beverages can be snacks. I, I have three <laughs> three different people, two in different states that texted me that they are going to take a picture of themselves eating pineapple and drinking that and yelling at me that it is in fact a snack. What's, so, what's, what's the, the pineapple? What's the just that's soda water and dull pineapple juice. That was his favorite snack. And you just said eating it though. Abby no, I and say I, it's my favorite snack. Abby and I was, were talking about something that we love snacking on. And that was Charles's response. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You know, it, it seems like the uh, is a hot dog a sandwich or whatever. Yep. I'm just I'm going to leave that to the big minds. Again. I'm going to leave it to the big minds. I'm don't even s- care. Sit the, on the sidelines and let the you The fact that Abby, uh, who does not eat red meat, uh, engaged me on the fact that I may have been driving around with loose venison on my passenger seat. And then my response to her was, at least my snacks are real. And she just gave me smiley faces. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. You know what we're doing? We're bringing people together. If we except, have, Charles. If, <laughs> except Charles. Except Charles. If, if we have a... Uh, I think we need categories now for cool names for things, but loose venison would be like a good wrestler name, maybe. I don't know. That's your forte, but no, that's no, 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 no,
The loose uh, venison. Is he, is, do you know if, if Splinter is bringing uh, disco naps? You guys know what those? Oh, I have no oh, idea. Well aware. Okay, we great. Because we've planned. We have not planned anything. I almost um, pursued bringing them tonight, and then you know I have a kid and oh. forgot whatever. But like those are the fucking best thing in the world, and they're kind of they're like actually I'd say an adults for loco, and they are now packaging them, and I can't wait to buy as many as I can afford. Good God, it is a tasty little treat. Some would even call it a snack. Speaking <laughs> of speaking of disco naps. Topic number four. <laughs> Max, how do you personally define success in life, and do you feel like you've achieved it? Mm, uh, should I think about it while I go get some MGDs? <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, if you want to take a beat. Yeah, I'll, uh, I, can, I can take this, because as Charles said. I was going to go get them myself. That's, I mean, this is just like a, I mean, this is the most real question so far, right? So, like, I can't, I got to think about it, right? Sure. Think about it, yeah. Um, Do it justice. I understand when you referenced this question earlier, Charles. I understand where you're going with it. And the funny part is, while I do feel like I'm living what I would be doing if I didn't have to worry about money all the time, I am absolutely not a success. I think I'm doing things in the right way right now, but I have so much growth ahead of me. I'm a, I feel like I'm a pretty good friend and I'm a pretty good husband, but I need to get better at both of those things. I think there's still so much room to improve. Sure. I think that I know a lot about the world, but I think that the privilege that I have been given by my skin color and by the, the economic class that I grew up in has still caused me to have blinders that I can't see, that I have to learn more about. And no matter what, I'm still a few paychecks away from having to worry about how we would pay for things. Like, this isn't a... a it's, it's a very fun life, and it can be an exhausting life because of the pace that I choose to keep. But at the end of the day, this is, I, 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 will, I, I currently feel and have felt my entire adult life like I'm just a little farther ahead of the boulder than Indiana Jones was in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's not right behind me, and I used to feel like it was right behind me. Sure. Now I feel like even if I tripped, I could still get up and keep running, but that motherfucker would be right behind me. Dramatically. Yep. A lot closer. Mm -hmm. This would be the objects in the rearview mirror may appear closer than they are. No, it's actually that close. And I think that I'm trying to, I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to get better, uh, but I'm not, I'm not there yet. And that to me has shifted in what I, what I define success as. Sure. 10 years ago, it would have been I'm not making enough money, or I should say like 13, 14 years ago. It would have been I'm not making enough money yet, therefore I'm not a success. Yeah. Right now, I feel like I'm in a place where I get a lot of affection because a lot of people enjoy my company, and I like that. I feel like I'm a pretty good friend. I look at my wife, and I feel like the fact that we've been together for 11 years is amazing. I love that. But I want another 40 before I can decide if, if, if I've been a, a, a successful partner. You know, I, I look at my friends, and there are still so many more life's hurdles that we have to get past that I want to be there for, that I want to help out with, that I want to learn from, that I want to grow from. That, that has become what I decide is a success. Like, of course, I, I would love to have more money. It would be great. But there's not anything that I'm like, I can't, I feel like I'm missing out on life because I can't be a part of X or Y or Z because I don't have enough money to pay for that. That's a good change for me. And that's made me feel like a little bit more of a, a human success because I've shed some of that. 
But that said, there are still so many more things that I could do better. So I feel like I'm on the right path for the first time. You know, like I, I don't feel like I had that at all in my 20s. And in my 30s, I finally started to figure out my way out of the forest. Now in my 40s, I want to try and be better at, at all of the things that I truly care about and love. And that is the people that I love in my world and then trying to figure out how to do a little bit more good in the world. And the best part is I don't think that there's a finite goal to any of that. I will probably die hoping to be a little bit more successful in all of those endeavors. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm just fine with that. It's always efforting to have more yeah. success. And, there, I, and, I, there isn't an end boss to beat. There's not a win. Yeah. Yeah, you don't, yeah, you, you don't sure. win at that. But I think, sure. that, I think that if I'm given enough time to look back on things before the, the sun proverbially sets, I think that I will feel like it was a success if I knew that I kept driving down that road as long as I could. Yeah, I mean, in a sense, this is like a, a exercise in perception mm-hmm. because success can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Yep. Never mind the fact that it could mean something different to us on any given day. Uh, my approach to this is that I do equate success with professional success because that is the water source that can feed the flowers in your garden. Sure. You know, it's the, it's the water, it's the photosynthesis. It's, it's, it can be, it's unfortunate, but living in a capitalist society, living in the United States, like you having success, not just fiscal success, not just like the amount of money that you make, but uh, the conditions that you persist within for your um, professional endeavors so I think for me, I would define success, which I feel that I have achieved, as the ability to freely express my passions through my vocation and to be fairly compensated for it. Mm. So I'm able to express myself through my businesses, and I'm fairly compensated for that. And I have freedom in a lot of ways, not I'm just right. to pursue the work itself, but to pursue my hopes and dreams and passions outside of my work. That's really important because then that affects my relationships with people, with my wife, with my pets, with my family. Um, do I have unlimited freedom? Of course not. None of us do. Um, it's impossible to, to achieve that. You're always, there, there are chains. No matter how high up you get, you're still going to be entangled by some rigor of your business, no matter how big of a multi-billion dollar conglomerate you run. But for me, I feel like I have achieved a level of freedom um, and not, not just of, of mind and spirit and vision and my actual like location of my body. Um, none of those things individually, but a combination of those things that I feel like I'm at a point that I'm super pleased with. Like I'm happy where I'm at and I wouldn't really change anything, which mm. doesn't mean I don't want to add stuff. Yeah. Because I'm always working at adding stuff because, you know, we talk about the hat on a hat on a hat. Mm-hmm. The fact that we're always trying to do new and fun things, we're doing it right here every time we put the mics in front of our faces. Yes, sir. But, uh, yeah, I think that I define success as um, sort of, uh, I, I feel like where, where I'm at with my career and my life and my relationships 
and uh, imperfect as it may be, you're never going to probably exceed 99%. I feel like I'm, I'm somewhere in the 90s, and I cannot complain because mm-hmm. if I would have done things differently, I might be sub-90. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, nope. I'm so happy where I'm at that I wouldn't change anything about it. And uh, obviously still got a lot more work to do, but I'm happy where I'm at. I have some, some personal writing exercises that I do for myself. Uh, and I like to read back on them, you know, to like see like what kind of growth I have. Yeah. And um, I, I guess just jumping off of, of what I had said before, um, I want to shout this out because I hope, I hope that there's another person out there that, that feels this. And, and I hope, I don't know. I hope this, registers with somebody but the to me the biggest personal success that i've had this year was uh for two weeks at this iron bartender thing it was a a charity drive for project black and blue which is an incredible charity please check them out um they had like a wheel of shit that you could win like t-shirts and shots and you know a free beer and whatever and one of them was just a hug from from me it was a former guest of the podcast katie dimmick's idea and uh, a guy won it, and we were kind of in the middle of a competition, so I didn't really have anything I had to do. And so she pointed up to the stage. She's like, that guy, he's going to come hug you. And this gentleman who had donated money to get a spin on this wheel was like, wait, what? So I just saw her pointing, and I jumped down. I was like, did you win a hug? And he's like, yeah. And so I just gave him a big hug. You know, he was, I would say, probably like 5'9", 5'10". Great hug. And I just said, thank you so much for being here. It means a lot to a lot of people. Jump back on stage. Five minutes later, I hear the wheel spin again, and then I just see Katie pointing up again, and I look over, and it's the same dude. So I hop down again, and I go to give him a hug, and he goes, I, I don't hug a lot of men, and I didn't realize how good that felt, and oh. I just wanted to give a little bit more money. Can I have another hug? Oh, my God. That's so powerful. And, like, that's holy so shit. Oh, man. Like, I will never forget that moment, and I have now become friends with this human being. I did not know him. I had never talked to him before. Oh, really? really? We've become friends now, and I'm so happy that that moment I got to be a part of, because it has really nothing to do with me. I just like hugging people, but it was the fact that he got to have a moment where he realized there was something that maybe he needed of more of in his life, and I hope... He goes, I don't want to say his name because I don't know if he's comfortable with me sharing the story, but I hope he goes out and I hope he gets a whole lot more hugs. I hope a bunch of his guy friends get some hugs and feel that. Like that, that right there, that is something that if I, if they were like, nope, tomorrow your ticket's punched and I'm wrong and I have to have an interview before I walk through some gates or whatever. Somebody asked me what I'm proud of. That might be the first thing that I say, because holy shit, we all have our shit that maybe kept us away from affection for any different type of reason, especially looking at the two gentlemen in this room with me. And if whatever we can do to break down that wall is good for us. Oh, yeah. But if we can help somebody else break that down a little bit, mm. man, that means so much more than the times that I've, you know, made a couple bucks for recording a voiceover or whatever it may be. Things that I think are really cool and it's like fun to, you know, humble brag about. Fuck, dude, changing somebody else's idea of male to male affection with a single hug, like, that for charity on top of it that is something that i will happily put my hat on yeah and that's that's honestly that's a whole lot more of how i define like a word like success right now everything else is a little bit more ease a little bit more uh, ability to move around a little bit more but the things that i would say are success have a whole lot more to do with that that's that specific situation is such a win-win too yeah what why would you not do that how do we not why are we not spending 
our entire days figuring out how to do that 10 times a day. That's what I'm saying. What? There's no negative whatsoever. Your short-term positives for both of you, long-term positives for both of you, man. Well, now that you had time to yeah. open these beautiful <laughs> Miller Genuine Drafts. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, I would say uh, these are like college dorm temp. I would prefer these to be 31 or whatever degrees they can handle before yeah, freezing, actually. Right. But uh, once again, room for next time. Um, so... Uh, can I, Before you say anything, can well, I just pause you? Yeah. Real quick. Yeah. Did you ever work in the service industry? Uh, via breweries. Uh, yeah. If you work in a service industry, you get used to eating all of the food, either lukewarm oh, yeah. or straight up like room temperature or because you never get it hot. Yeah, of course. I feel that I, I, I can't enjoy some of the restaurants that I worked at. I can't enjoy their food hot. I have yeah. to wait till it congeals. Yeah. I feel that way about MGD. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I feel like it can't be ice cold. It oh. has to be a little bit warm because the dorm fridge yeah. was open forever. And then we put two cases of warm beer inside right. of it. And it's trying its hardest to get it down and below this, 50. the seal never actually fully seals. Even right. If it's empty completely. If you hold your hand over the top, you could feel the cold air coming out. <laughs> exactly. That, exactly. That is the temperature. That's the only temperature I've ever had this beer. Mm, and yeah. I'm wonder. I'm happy with it. So, so this is perfect serving temp then. I would agree. Oh, Sorry. Uh, it's, uh, I'm a... Certified uh, Ciceroni, so there you go. That's why. That's why you got that perfect, uh, perfect temp. Um, I so prompt is how do we define success? And Correct. If you feel like you've achieved it, yeah. Well. Um, obviously, as has been mentioned, different for everybody, and I think that's really important to remember. And I think yeah. that um, just even having a small concept of the importance of it being different for everybody is incredibly important. Um, you know, somebody could desire to change the world and uh, have their name be remembered for all of history, and that's their definition of, of success. Um, yeah. Or you could be like me, and um, I, I, I'm, I'm sorting a lot of this out actively and have, have very recently sorted a lot of this out, but uh, I think a really big part of what I am going to, consider success is, is breaking some cycles in my family history yeah, absolutely. and um, you know like literally shown up and not like we have <laughs> it's a joke but it's, it's morbid as fuck but like we're gonna like we're talking about like throwing a party for very soon actually uh, our, our one and a half year old like or for our, ourselves of like hey your dad's still here like that my dad left when he was about when I was about one and a half like and like yeah. it's fucked up but yeah. like my wife and I have been so aware of it for so long like we can be I don't know about humorous but like super real about it like yeah, yeah let's fucking make a party out of that you guys are coming man like I just yeah, you're like the basement. it you're it's like, like yeah, this like, is a reality like I'm gonna fucking cry there you know we're gonna have a rager and I'm gonna fucking cry because this is a ridiculous reason to have a party but god damn it it's really important to me and all I have to do a lot of people would from the outside would be like so you're just existing like yeah but guess what that's a big fucking step for my family history like existing and providing and, uh, you know, uh, loving and, and, and doing fucking work. Fuck yeah. Um, so I, I, right now, I, I, like I kind of mentioned earlier, uh, success to me is if I die, I've, I've been thinking about this way too much lately. If I died and, and my kid remembers me as a, as a dad, I'd like to say like a good dad, but like just a dad, like mm -hmm. that fucking counts. That's, that's a, that's a, yeah. 30 to Absolutely 90% of it. And, like, it and if my yeah. wife says, like, yeah, he wasn't that bad, <laughs> you know, like, that's most of it for me. And it's really hard because our culture, you know, like, I'm supposed to cure cancer. I'm supposed to, blah, 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 but, like, I, 
man, I, I really am committed to being a father, and a present father to one or maybe more children and, and a halfway decent partner. And, and it, it's been a fucking ton of work. And, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's a huge part of success to me. I also, um, before I came on, you know, before I agreed, Charles had to really court me to, to get me on the show, beer, but I said, <laughs> I said, as long as we could talk about vulnerability, much other shit like that, like, I think a, a mission of mine, I don't know how I'll measure it or I don't know if I'll, you know, die thinking I uh, got it right or not, but, like, I, I, I'm pretty committed to um, creating spaces for... I don't. I probably don't have the right language to put this yet because I want it to be very inclusive. But people who identify as male who don't um, otherwise feel super comfortable being vulnerable, um, I, I want to like create spaces for that to be super fucking normal to the point of not like let's sit here and break this down, but like let's sit here and like cry and talk about terrible shit or just like have beers and talk about whatever we want and remove a bunch of layers of shit that we all kind of have forced into our lives as filters for what we're supposed to be. Um, so I, that's like really important to me. And I, I've started saying to my, my closest circle of guy friends, just every time I you know see him or leave my, tell him I love him. Yeah. And most of them aren't really saying it back yet because that's fucking, it's, why is that hard? It's hard for me to say, I don't know why, but like that, it, like I'm going to bed at night or like something in some, you know, I'm having a depressive episode or something. I'm like, Oh man, I fucking love all my friends so mm-hmm. much. Like I feel it. I know it, whatever. But like in that moment when you're like packing the kids in the car or like just got, you know, just went to a bar for a couple of beers where you're like leaving. You're like, it just is weird to say, I love you. But like, no, I don't, I'm not certain of a whole lot more than I love you. Like, I love you, man. I love both of you. Uh, and I'm, I'll, I'll be fucking here for you guys for whatever you want. Love and you too, Max. I, yeah. I, I think that's yeah, just, it, yeah. It's, it, I feel like generationally my, my hope is that it won't be as difficult to express well, not ourselves, but for people to express themselves. But I think it's our responsibility as, to, to absolutely. To I mean, yeah. you're you know, it's your job now when you're talking about yep. what what kind of father you're going to be, right? Like that's you've learned now that you you wish that that was something you could freely do with your friends is just say, "Hey, man, I love you," yeah. you know, mm-hmm. or "Hey, I love you," not "Hey, man, I love you," because we find ways to tamp it down. Yeah, we say I, "love I, you," yeah. or we say "Hey, man," mm-hmm. yeah. or we say "dude." But, like, it's okay to look at your friend and say, I love you. Yep. You know? And it's doing that sometimes feels uncomfortable. It's because the world taught us, society taught right. us, that there's something about that that's verboten. And You're our not cycles supposed to do that. You're not supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to look your friend in the eye and say, I love you. But why Why not? Yeah. They never tell you why. No. But we were all raised, you know, you're 34, I'm 41, Quam is 43. 43. Where we're within an age range where the the years that we were raised, uh, hyper masculinity mm-hmm. and just teaching like teaching boys to be men, which is weird. Um, at a very young age, they society tells you like, mm-hmm. toughen up, don't be weird, don't look another man in the eyes, don't tell them that you love them, and like to to what end? What was it that we're what end are we pursuing? I, I honestly have no idea. I don't even know the language to talk about it, but exact, 100%, exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying, that is 100% it. And yeah, it's so wild that it's not even, like, it should be more of a conversation that should be commonplace. That if so many people of our shared generation here feel this way, which I'm confident a lot of my friends, close and not even that close, like, we all feel this, but it's fucking hard to act on it still, kind of. You know? Well, yeah. th- I mean, that's the thing, like, you and I have never hung out as far as I know. 
Oh, I have a, okay, I have a story about this, but yeah, okay. we'd have. Okay, all right, so we have. <laughs> but it's so, not, not really. So it's, currently, it's, as far as I know, yeah. <laughs> we, have, we have not hung out. Yeah. And I'm looking at you right now, and I say, Max, I love you. Ben Quam, I love you, man. And not, not, not the levity man, but like, I'm serious, man, I love yeah, you. Yeah, but that, right now, that is more times than I heard I love you from either one of my grandfathers. Oh, yeah. And again, that right there, Charles, that's success. That right there is something that changes and will not ever go back to that. Mm-hmm. Anyone in my life, male or female, knows that, I hope at least, knows that I care about them. Yeah. And I say I love you all the time. And it's not because I want to demean it. It's because I mean it. Yeah. If you are a part of my life and I care about you, then I want you to know that you are loved. And if you need something, that I am here. And that is something that we were not given any of us, the three of us in this room, and a lot of listeners out there, I guarantee are nodding their heads right now. And that is all it takes to change that, is to look at somebody that you care about and tell them something that you weren't told, even though you knew it, or, or you didn't. Whatever it may be, whatever your experience was with it, you can let somebody else know that, and then they can never question that again. And you, that is, I think, the most important change that we can make, and a success that literally will live on well past our lives. Oh yeah, there's that's that's a once yeah. There's no going back on that. I love that you've put it that way. Like, there's not a lot of room to revert back from that because there is no fucking good reason for it to exist nope. in the first place. Nope. Yeah, I, this, the, I think the thing that I find a little tragic is that there's a lot of people that were you know raised in the span like our generation or yeah. or, or prior to ours that um, will never seek that and think that they don't need it. Because of the conditioning, right? Yeah. Like, it's over. Yeah. Like, no way. I would never do that. There's a lot of people who feel that way. Um, I'm not just, like, red state stamping this by any measure. But we are, we are in a privileged bubble, nope. no matter what. You sure, know, but yeah. I'm saying there's a lot of people who uh, are steadfast in their position that they, they'll never need to tell a friend of theirs who so happens to also be a male or even, like... It doesn't, it, never mind, take gender out of the equation. Yeah. There's people that just don't say I love you to yep. anybody. Yep. Their so, spouse, their kids, like, there's people who don't say it to anybody, and it's because of, you know, society has, like, conditioned them to think that, like, that it's a sign of weakness. So uh, on that, it is important to not just put gender to it, because it's, for me, it's probably just hardest when I know I love my best friends and, like, people that I have really close connections with, males. It's, like, that's the hardest to just be like, oh, I love you, it's, but... I last night, my mother-in-law once again, who was here a few hours ago, she's she's a great, she's a saint, she's 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 awesome. Um, she watches our kid two days a week um, at our house and comes over for dinner other nights and stuff. Um, and we just had like a, it's always frenetic. We have a toddler and it's just there's no calm moments in life, I guess, probably for anybody. But anyway, it, she was she was leaving way later than she should have and yada yada. It hard to kid didn't take a good nap and you know all this shit and I was feeling just totally fried and you know what I just I don't know where it came from actually and I should just channel that and I just do it all the time but as she was leaving you know put her shoes on go to the back door whatever I was like hey Stephanie and she's gonna listen to this so Stephanie you remember this this was yesterday or a week ago or whatever (laughs) whenever you listen to it (laughs) I said I just said hey we feel your love so much we feel so loved by you so actively loved by you so often, and I'm sure we don't tell you enough, but we really love you a lot, and we feel very loved by you. Amazing. And it just fucking, like, it, like she melted, 
And she thought she had to, had to go. She had to go in a rush her. But, like, she was just like, she, I don't even know if she said I love you back. I, she met, you know, I know she does, but it just, like, hit her in such a way. In, when we were in both such a frenetic moment. I was like, fuck, what? Is, it, like, I had to muster up to do it. I kind of had to, like, I'm, I'm going to go to the back door when she's by the back door. But, like, yeah. when's the last time I told somebody that I love them but I fucking regretted it? Not never. Never. And, um, when's the last time I said I love you to somebody and it, Felt awesome for everybody every time I've ever done it. Exactly. Like why? Well, I still don't know why I can't muster it up every time, all the time. But uh, yeah, it doesn't have to just be males. And yeah, and why not express yeah. that gratitude and love and affection every second that you can? Far yes. Cheers Fuck. to that, huh? Yes. Cheers to that. Hey, cheers. Love you guys. Mm. Love you, brothers. Love you too. Mm. So since Quam doesn't remember the last time we hung out, yeah. No, it's not. It doesn't really count. I think you will remember this actually. So we were at um, Tenacious D. Oh fuck, you're right. Yeah. Oh my god. Yep. <laughs> so, but like ah. you, you, you know, you're the you're the man of the hour there. You yeah. were like, oh and, god. And I just like I, I actually came with a friend who's not in the industry at all. We've been friends for a long time, but he kind of knows of some of the people I'm friends with in the industry and stuff. But I literally wouldn't have been able to picture it until you took your hair down. Yeah. And then immediately, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm back there right then. And was I playing a little, like, plastic uh, saxophone? No, that was Jack Black. Uh, I'm sorry. That's saxophone boom, and that is an entirely, sorry, sorry. entirely separate thing. So, but yeah. So, so um, I'm with you know, Splinter, and then yep. we got Murphy in for free, whatever. And then just, like, you get – I paid for, like, three – $11 beers and then Splinter's like what are you doing come to the like cool area wherever yep. you guys are like the VIP and um, I think he introduced me to you or I was like yeah. hey what's up like who are you and you're like oh Ben Quam and I'm like cool like how do I like we know each other right and you're like I don't know like we tried to like we threw around some things like how we could have known each other and like no no we could really come up with him I'm like dude I'm like I know like why do I know yeah like I know your name but like no we know each other man and it's because I listen to this fucking podcast <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That, it I was yeah. so cool of life. And I didn't even figure it out that night. It was like yeah. a week later. I was like, this fucking guy feels like we're back. Uh, like, who is yeah. this? Who, uh, like, yeah. it, it's, it, it is a weird thing. Yeah, you listen to a radio show for a long time, and you you, you, you think you know the person kind of like, you'd oh, maybe yeah. cross paths yeah. in large you know, gatherings at some point, but like, we'd never no, talked really. No, no. But I was like, I'm sure we were like close friends. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. figure out why. There was also interesting I, when you can't place someone, yeah. but you know their uh -huh. voice because yeah. it's happened to me before at like a party. Yeah. I hear someone's voice and I'm like, I know the voice, but I'm looking at this yeah. motherfucker and I don't know him. And you're but so humble too. If you would have listened to more Black things. Shit, but, this yeah. is, um, uh, allegedly, I was also on a good amount of mushrooms. So I'm just going to go ahead and <laughs> allegedly. say uh, that uh, there <laughs> My, my brain was not fully uh, concentrating on what we were talking about. But literally, as soon as you said today, like you started saying the word and I immediately pictured the outfit that you were wearing and I'm like, oh, fuck. Yep, we 100% talked. And I thought it was so cool when you walked away because I don't even think you said what you did. And then you walked away and Splinter just like mentioned it to me. And then I was like, oh, fuck, that's fascinating. And then instantly, Saxima Boom or something else yeah. happened on stage. We're both crowd surfing. They brought up the, the, the orb of rock and roll that Jack Black possessed for only that night. Uh, and whatever it was, like, that was just, it was such a moment. But holy fuck, I, I love the fact that the minute you started saying the word, I was back there. Isn't that, that's, I love it. I love <laughs> so it. So wild. I, and, like, that's what I was like, I wasn't holding it against you for not knowing who I was because I didn't know who you were yeah. either. 
I just knew that your voice had been in my ear holes <laughs> for rad. many hours. And what a crazy experience. Oh my God. That's wild. Yeah. I'm always, I'm always blown away by that. I don't, it doesn't, cause we've talked about it before. Like, I just don't, shall we? Let's wait. wait, wait I can cut that thought off. No, like I don't, I don't think about like when we're done with this episode, it yeah. goes up into space and then I'm on to the next thing. And mm. unless somebody refers to an episode after it's produced and it's all uploaded, like I'll listen to it sometimes to make sure that like there's good continuity, but then it, uh, sh- so you're gonna on. forget about me again is what you're saying. No, it's that I don't. <laughs> I it doesn't make sense to me because all of my crowd like inner everything else that I do is related to. Did you show up at the venue and listen to me do a thing, whether it's a band or a DJ or MC? It's always just in the moment where you're there or were you not. Boom. It my brain still after two and a half years and seventy four episodes, my brain still doesn't comprehend that people listen to this in other places and hear it on their own time and then randomly might recognize it. It doesn't make sense to me because I'm not ever around for that with other people. I don't show up well, at their house yeah. and they're just like well, I mean, we're server side too, so it's because we're we're performing, it's impossible to know other than like analytically, we see the number of people who listen, which is substantial. Well, and you but, see that. I yeah. don't. Yeah, yeah. I sure. don't get any of that data. So unless you share something with me, it's again for just sure. off off or like my the radar. map, which we even shared. Like you know, mm-hmm. and I I don't I I actually like revile talking about this on the air, but we did share a map one time just because we were at a little blown away by the fact that we're so broadly listened to geographically. It looked weird. It looked like. What? It looked like the ending of Resident Evil. Yeah. If you get the bad ending. It was just like red everywhere. Yep. What? Uh, so that's, you, you You never know unless someone notifies you, like, especially strangers. Of course, like people I know or am familiar with may have listened to it. But I always tell Quam, way more people listen to this podcast that we don't know than that we know by a factor of literally like 300 to 1. Mm-hmm. Is it, is it, would it? Would you say it's kind of like the you're in the kitchen and you think you're making good food, but you actually really value it when somebody says, "Hey, I, I'd like to thank the chef." Absolutely, because otherwise you're just like, yeah, like you said, it's just going into the ether, right? And I, uh, for those that listened to the our, our previous episode with Peter Campbell, uh, I got a text from somebody that uh, I interact with on a pretty regular basis, uh, but we don't see each other regularly at all yeah and uh the bag lunch every day except one pizza day yeah was his experience too uh-huh. and he's like i've never really talked about that with anybody but as i was listening to it holy shit that was my entire childhood like there are these weird moments someone mentioned that to me <clears throat> as well and i yeah. feel that with i feel <laughs> that with our guests where like we've talked about this before like basically a, a ostensibly a stranger comes into the room and by the end of this like we're good friends and i i love everything about that but i i feel like we're digressing into that. Uh, I, I feel un- weirdly uncomfortable talking about how many people listen to this. Well, so I'm, I don't gonna, I'm not going to leave yeah. without an autograph, so <laughs> I feel even more uncomfortable. Comedy of digressions. Um, two questions. Well, actually, one assertion and one question. Do I, do I have? Can I do that? Do what? Can I make an assertion and also ask a question? And let's do it after topic number five. Right. We are really yeah, Charles is like, uh, I want to go to bed before the sun comes yeah, up. Yeah, it's not so. about that. So, but just like, let's do topic five and then we'll do multiple digressions between five and six. So I, I, I literally, I I'm wanted so to, excited to be here. God damn, you guys are cool. That's why I, I wanted to ask this question in. because of a, like when Charles and I were talking and he was talking about like literally having your hot sauce in his cupboard, <laughs> which yeah. I love yeah. Uh, be, because I also have made wait wild barrel, right? That was, Oh wow. That's a, that's a deep cut. Uh, that was a, 
that was going to be a spinoff brand for just the yeah, consumables. And then we got... Yes. Uh, well, that's we got, what I have. We got a cease and desist from Wild Barrel Brewing in oh, California. Yeah, okay. Wow. Yeah. and um, So I got some OG label shit. Yeah. There, there's, like, there's like probably about 2,000 enamel mugs and... Maybe a thousand bottles of hot sauce that are branded Wild Barrel. <laughs> yeah, like in my head, I well, I just kind of like gleeped it into my brain because I think it's Voster, the typeface, and it looks like it says Wild yep. Barrel mm-hmm. in my brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that was a Wild Barrel. <laughs> one of the <laughs> no, yeah. sorry, Heritage. I think the font's Heritage. No, it could it have been Voster. Papyrus. That's no, Voster. It's I could Voster. I could figure it out if you wanted, but we'll come after the show. It's yeah. Voster. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so as as somebody who also has a a hobby of making hot sauces. We have lived through the put bacon on everything era in food, which, in my opinion, then transferred into the hot ones inspired. Everyone has to have 10,000 either sort of profane labels, always involving some sort of ass pain or like ethnically uh, questionable names for hot sauces. Ass pain's my favorite rapper, by the way. (laughs) Exactly. You have have pink? I gave you ass pain. What would you like to see? Cut, definitely cut that out. What would you like to see the next trend in questionable food trends be? Like, what's the next thing that you think is going to take over? Oh, does it have and to be like, questionable though, or is it no? It could be like a food well, trend. it'll be it'll be something that starts as a good idea and then gets completely overblown, oh, okay. beat to death, and then done. Because I'm sorry, I can't live with another like let's put bacon and then bacon and then more bacon in this. I've and the like ass pucker fist punch like all that i'm so tired one before the other though right well no <laughs> or or not combination of those words would be yep. very where troubling. is the four loco like basically every hot sauce <laughs> in his is body apparently. every every hot sauce on a shelf right now if you go to like those finicky stores yeah. is either something that steven seagal might have said or actually on both ends whether ethnically questionable or you really can just, ridiculously. You can start with donkey punch and then just branch off from there. Like that's yeah. the core, like, and then iterations of that. Yeah. yeah. Like it's always, every single name is always regrettable. And I'm just, I, I want it to go back down to where we have a couple really good ones and then some yeah. niche ones and yeah. then we move on. Yeah. Do you see a food and I, you could extend it to beverages too, I guess. Is there a trend that you, that you would like to see mm-hmm. or that you think might be the next thing? I've upset almost daily that there are not giant, delicious salads very accessible in this market. Fuck, yes. You go to Paris, and, like, I'm not talking, I'm not talking a shitty little Caesar salad with no dressing or, like, the a, ha- a handful of spinach leaves. But, like, yeah. you go to Paris, and you get a, I don't know, a 12-euro salad, and it comes in a giant family-sized popcorn bowl, and it'll feed you for a week and a half, and it's got fucking some sort of uh, confit duck or something, some awesome fried potatoes and, yeah. uh, you know, maybe some foie. Maybe that's the 16-year-old option. And, it, like, and it's delicious. It's healthy. It's, I mean, there's grease, but there's a lot of greens to offset it. Like, I don't get why. There, there are a few purveyors that do it here in the cities, but they don't do it well. Um, and if I'm wrong, tell me where they are because I want to find them. Sal- but like, salad is frequently an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Almost exclusively but it can be If you do it like they, like in Paris, a lot of cafes will just have even the most basic, shitty, like basically dive bar equivalent of a, of a you know, a, a brasserie over there, they're gonna have two or three salads, and it's gonna be a place people are like ah, only the you know the old the old fogies go there. No, I wouldn't eat anything there. They'll still bring this salad out that mm-hmm. weighs like six pounds, 
There's meat, and fried shit, and salt, and cheese, and all this banging shit on it. It's the worst one you can get in all Paris, and it's the best salad you've ever fucking had. And then you go to a place that has good salads, and it's even better. And, like, why, when we know we are eating like shit, and we know how to not eat like shit, and also salads, like, pretty... We figured out how to deal with that in restaurant settings, I think. You guys are going to know more about that than I am, but, like, where's the big salad... People want them. People want them. People want them. That's why they're on every menu. Yeah, but they suck. They suck and they're not Mm -hmm. giant. I want a salad. I want an entree salad. I want like six options of entree salads that I will not be able to finish because they're so hearty and delicious. Correct. I I don't know if that answers the question, but I am obviously a little bit passionate about that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's different ways to to interpret the question. What's funny is like, I'm going to be your lunch homie on this one because my answer is... I think it's time to take sandwiches seriously. Yes. Mm, I think thank it's you. weird that there are there's such like a a void of high level sandwich shops, not just in the Twin Cities, but in the country. I I'm not gonna say in the world because part of the reason this is a problem is if I'm gonna train in Spain not on a plane. Ooh. All right, that's my rhyme. If I'm on a train in Spain, that ass pain I can order a yeah. fucking my ass pain on a plane and a train <laughs> in Spain. Yeah. If I'm on a fucking train in Spain, I can get a spectacular... <laughs> Wait, where's... If sandwich. you're on a train in Spain... In Spain. What's, what's, what's ass pain? Can you remind me, what's the mode of transportation? A train. <laughs> a choo-choo. <laughs> so if you're on a choo-choo in Spain... <laughs> if you order a sandwich, have you ever... Have you ever have you ever traveled by train in Spain? Yeah, I have, yeah. Okay, have you ordered a sandwich on those dumb fucking trains? <sighs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of ba- baguette and some hamon iberico. Yeah, that's yeah. literally oh. like, you know, you get a little tomato on there if you want. But yeah. the bread and the hamon iberico and the cheese and the tomato, it's all perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, they just slap it on the and counter like, get the fuck out of here. You have to the- fall over. You're going around <laughs> a bend. And you just lean up against the window and take a crunch. And that's the, and that's- like, <laughs> What? That's their version of the like the the sandwich vending machine at a government <laughs> building, yeah. and that's yeah. like the worst they can do. And it's yeah. fucking banging, dude. Yeah, like if I could order the sandwich that you get on a train in Spain, <laughs> just at a restaurant in Minneapolis, I'd probably order one once a week, guaranteed. Like if if we For could sure. get that just at like wine shops, oh, and we stuff, should just we should run train around the cities then and do uh, do that. What's that? Do a run trip? We should just run a train around the cities. Yeah. And then do it. Dude, run a train on the cities with sandwiches. The sandwich train. Uh, I, I totally, I, it, it doesn't have to be a complicated sandwich, right? Like, no. Hamon. That's good ingredients. That's the best part. If it's, it's not a complicated sandwich, it's better. Give me a bread that doesn't suck, a protein that doesn't suck, and like yeah. maybe a leaf or two of something. I don't know. I think it starts butter, with, butter. I think it starts butter. with the bread. Yeah. It starts mm. with the bread because all, that's where I think it also ends for a lot of sandwiches that I have that disappoint me. Did you say sandwiches? Sandwiches. Sandwich. I I also agree with the pronunciation. The thing that disappoints me more frequently than not is, you know, the constitution of the elements in the middle can be all top of class. But if the bread is garbage, then you're just chewing on cardboard. Or too too much bread. Fillings. Yeah. Yeah, also, you know, the ratios. But cities, you know, and there are cities who really love and care for their sandwich scene, like Philadelphia, New York, like the places that are like, we're making sandwiches today, my friend. And by sandwiches in New York, you mean hot dogs, right? Hot dog sandwiches <laughs> and uh, pineapple snacks. Is, is, isn't that, yeah, okay. So I, and I think, you know, the, the Twin Cities, because this is where we are right now, 
the Twin Cities is is trying, and we have some good spots, but I feel like you could have literally five to ten times more sandwich shops trying really hard to make really fucking delicious sandwiches, and they'd be just full, just they, to the brim. And they could add, I mean, they could use, I can't imagine quality ingredients of that. I mean, it, yeah, you math it out if you're, if you're trying to run a restaurant. It's not like there's some prohibitive factor in there. It's like, nope, just maybe get your bread every day. Fresh bread would be the, the hardest thing to do, but everything yeah. else should but be But if you live in the Twin itself. Cities, you can fucking line that up. We're surrounded by fucking flour. Yeah. It, yeah. The cities are founded on flour. Yeah. Gold medal in yeah. Pillsbury. Yeah. And we're like, oh, how do we make bread every day? Get the fuck out of here. Why do you think this city exists? So uh, can I can I just, just so I can calibrate where you're at with this, can I throw out a couple places and uh, I guess I'll say I like them. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. you can feedback if you want or not, but... Um, well, this isn't Twin Cities, but not going to yuck your yum. <laughs> Northern Waters Smokehouse in Duluth, absolutely fucking banging. I, I, to me, that's one of the best. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, St. Paul Cheese Shop. Um, Sick. Yeah. They, yeah. It's, it's like nobody. Like they do not. I live a block away from it, and I went in five times before I realized they had sandwiches. And then I got a uh, sandwich, and I was like, "What the fuck? You guys should not be calling yourselves the St. Paul Cheese Shop. This should be the St. Paul Sandwich Shop." Because I don't buy cheese there. I buy. Sandwiches like two or three times a week because I can walk there and get it from my house. And it's, they're just, they, a couple of them are so simple, but just quality. And then they have some real bananas ones with a ton of shit on them. But like, anyway, so that, like, is that what we're talking about? Because like, that's, to me, those are both sure. like really good. Or are there other, do you have examples of places you really like? Or? Yeah, I mean, here, okay, so here's the thing I want to say. Kieran's Kitchen already, because everything was there, we're making really banging sandwiches. And I can't wait for them to reopen. Mm-hmm. Because they're shifting their way, but having like Bakersfield flour in there, having um, Alamar uh, cheese, Alamar cheese, and then they're going to be shifting to Lowry Hill is going to be doing Correct. Like, their meat program. Which so having like amazing. every element under the same roof, where all those ingredients are as fresh as can be. The bread is incredible. The cheese is the best cheese produced in the state of Minnesota. Hands down. And then I'm very curious, um, enthusiastic and. And uh, interested in seeing what Larry Hill does with the meats. I've heard a few things about how they're going to run the program, but super excited about that. Um, Marty's Deli opened two doors down from my house. They make great lunch sandwiches. Um, I smell them baking bread when I take my dog out to piss in the morning. Mm. It's literally two doors from my house. Mm. And they're making really good sandwiches. I just want to see more of that energy. And like, you don't got to be weird, but I'd like to see people be bold. You know, yeah. fry some clams, bro. Make a porchetta, like slice up a porchetta and put that on a sandwich. That kind of thing. Make your own mustard. Get it weird doesn't with just got to be a Dude, ham is, sandwich, is, right? Is, is there right? a distributor or a supplier that could hand feed this to places that want to try the retail, or, or do we need to start that? Start which part? Well, I mean, just if if they're not willing to do it in house, because that's a whole another level of infrastructure, but. Mm. Yeah, ideally, you bake your bread, make your porchetta in-house, but what if you can get it delivered every morning? Oh, yeah. I think that what happens is in the chain of command, occasionally, like, a thing is easier to do when it's easy to do. And sometimes sometimes it's bread, right? Mm-hmm. Some, and it could be other elements, but sometimes it's the bread. It's like, whatever, we get this bread in bags, and it's fine. I'm not trying to denigrate anybody, but it makes a big difference if you have like crazy fresh, delicious bread. Could could, like, could we today though? Well, tomorrow it's getting kind of late today, but could we start a sandwich shop uh, and get 
bread. I think the bread that'd be fine. We could figure that out. We get bread from a, a bakery. Um, could we get meats without making them ourselves? Obviously, Hamon Iberico, we're not going to make that ourselves. Yeah, but you like, don't always got to make it. Like, 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 is there a? This is where you guys know shit, and I don't like. Does Cisco offer like dank ass sandwich meats and stuff or no? If you if you leave off dank ass, yes. <laughs> I, I, look, I th- I mean, there's no mass producer that's really trying to do anything. Like so you can source, so, yeah, so, you can so, source the meats yeah. depending so, on what it is you want to use. Yeah. Yep. But okay, so and it's, the cheeses. But it's not a plug and play thing, which nope. is a barrier to why it's not happening. It's, yeah, it's going to require some sort of effort to say, I care more about the quality than the quantity. And I would like to keep pushing that out, but do it at an affordable rate. It's That's a lot like the salad be- conundrum, yep. right? That like, it's like, just give them a salad. I feel like that's the way we treat sandwiches as well. Just give them a sandwich. Like, I can make a sandwich in my fridge door, okay? But if I'm going to come to you for a sandwich, I want it to be something that I couldn't stand in my fridge door and make. But yeah, right. most places that make sandwiches, it's like a sandwich you would make in your fridge Correct. door. <laughs> nice and dry. Yeah. Why is mm. the bread tomato we already? You <laughs> made it in front of me. Like, Pan why is it salt mm. with mm. <laughs> yeah. mm. But honestly, again, I'm going to say it for the last time, but being on a train in Spain, eating one of those fucking sandwiches, it's just mind-blowing. Yeah. The first time I had that was after we were in Barcelona on our honeymoon, and then we took the train to Bilbao. No, uh, San Sebastian. Yeah, to San Sebastian. And we were on the train, and I was just like a little peckish. And I don't usually... I usually don't eat on trains or doing like any fast food or anything because I'm trying to maximize. I want every calorie to count. But I was like smelling. I think I got like a whiff of the sandwiches. And I was like, all right, I'm a little peckish. And we went in the back of the train, the little bar they got back there. And Marnie's like, I'm going to order a sandwich. Would you like one? I was like, yeah, I think so. I seen some dude chomping on one. I was like, that can't be any good. And then I got the sandwich, and we, like, literally are, like, falling over a cup of coffee and a sandwich. Took a big crunch out of it. And I looked at her like, the fuck? this is a sandwich on a train? Yep. That's their bottom of the barrel. Yep. This is a sandwich and on a train? Yeah, it like, be, like, high. Not giving a fuck shit. at all. Yeah, yeah. Dude, for real. It's probably been in the fridge for three days, but it's still fucking perfect. Yep. I don't think it was. Dude, I'm telling you. Well, I either way, they, like, but they, 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 it like, was so good. The person dude. who sold it, it to so you probably good. was not, like, proud of that sandwich. They are probably like... I'm giving you a train sandwich. Well, you can tell they didn't care. Yeah, right. right. It, it, you know. it was a very transactional right. McDonald's-esque situation, right? But then you got a sandwich that in the U.S. would be, it would stand out and you'd talk about it. This so. perfect hamon. Yeah. This delicious cheese. Was there butter fresh or sliced tomatoes. Was butter or olive oil? Uh, oil. Oh, yeah, oil. I mean, I don't know if it's always the case, but I think like that first one I had, I believe, was the tomato, cheese, the hamon iberico, and then crunchy ass. It was um, like thin, too. It was almost, it almost looked like they flattened it. Like a little skinny. Because it was like all crust with just like a yep. little bit of fluff. So like, oh, he's American. So like, we'll give him a panini. Yeah. It was, <laughs> honestly, it, it looked, like the size of it was like a panini. Okay. And then just like crunching into it. I looked at Maria's like bits of flaky bread or in my beard. I'm looking at her like, what is it? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to train in Spain. I'm gonna. And, and they have along those lines, any, I mean, you just walk any street in most European countries. Well, okay, we'll go sure. France, Spain, Italy, but like they're going to have those sandwiches pre-made in the, the case too. Like you can see from the street. Sure. Oh, and yeah. that's two, and or three, probably, two or three euro. They've probably been there for six hours. Sure. You it's get one for two euro and they'll fucking blow your face off. I mean, even in places like Lebanon, the, you know, in the Middle East, getting a, a euro or something, it's just 
like they care about every element. The bread they made, they they rolled up the spit at like four a.m. so that it was ready to get scorched as it's spinning around. And the guys waving the skimitar and all the meats falling down under your loaf of bread. And they have the sauce that they just made. And they sprinkle some radishes and onion and mint on there. And then he just like wraps it up with some wax paper and shoves it in your face for like a buck. Next. You're like, Dude, that's the same shit in, in Morocco. Stupid. You know, like yeah. it doesn't fucking matter where you go. Yeah. Everyone's got one. And it's so frustrating that that we don't. Do we, do we have, yeah. do we, do we have an equivalent here at all? We don't. Do we, we have, have what? I mean, Taco Bell fucking bangs, but do, <laughs> do we, we have an equivalent what? like, give me your hot, delicious, cheap, whatever? Like, do we? What do we have here? That is that. It's literally a Big Mac. That's no, that's the no. I'm 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 serious. There is there is okay. not. And I I guess I would like to throw in because it actually goes off of yours in the same direction. Charles, Charles, is uh, oh that's your name. I am so tired of Americans being afraid. Of sardines, anchovies, yeah. fish sauce. Let's go. <clears throat> the savory notes that all of those things can bring to sauce is ridiculous. The savory notes that those things can bring to salads, ridiculous. Can bring to sandwiches, ridiculous. It's so fucking great. And it is like whenever somebody tastes Especially something. When you don't tell someone. Right. Whenever I got somebody, the anchovy tube. You think when, I tell everybody yeah. I put the anchovy tube no, in something? Of course you don't, because then they won't eat it. <laughs> right. But here, guess what? If any of you out there have ever had mild, medium, or hot at Buffalo Wild Wings in the last 20 years, you've had plenty of anchovies in your life because that's one of the salty stabilizers. You've been choved. Gotcha. You've been choved. <laughs> you got anchy, motherfucker. Uh, but seriously, like that, that's a, that, I, I don't understand why that's not a thing. And I understand, I guess, that somehow seafood isn't a thing in middle America because we're not around it all the time, but everybody brags about ice fishing all the time. Yeah. And then the minute that you throw a little salty snack on something like, oh, I don't eat fish. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? I'm sorry. That is not okay. Yeah. And if you look at the depth of what fish sauce brings to a broth or a chili or anything that you're cooking down, I'd take it over like ketchup just on anything. hundred like, percent. I don't maybe even cereal. Probably. Uh, like the, I have friends that come oh, over. Dude, something just occurred to me, and I don't know how it's never occurred to me before. And I'm sorry to digress. Please say fish. Have sauce. Have you ever used it. fish sauce as like malt vinegar on some oh, on fries? Chips, one hundred percent. What mm-hmm. you have done it? I've done it with Red Boat. Dude. I I did it with. Uh, what are you doing after this recording, <laughs> Let's dude? Because like you're this. already eating fish and chips, but then oh. if you use fish sauce as the malt vinegar, I will say uh, that. Do you, here's the deal. Do you okay. lack? Do you lack? You want to touch of acid on there too? Or? Touch of acid. You yeah. got to do both. It has to be a mix of both, yeah, yeah, can't just but be it's fish better. I'm saying you can make like a little. If you do, no, no, no. You can take a little shake both because you get little bites of both. Shake both. So Red Boat number 40, I believe, is what the full title is. But Red Boat okay. is my favorite fish sauce available in our market right now. If you take that yeah, and you good. sprinkle that over fish and chips, and then you sprinkle a really good malt vinegar across the top, you don't even need finishing salt on those fries because you already have salt in there. Me, personally, I like things a little saltier, so I'll kick it up a little bit with that. Yeah. But then you eat it, and every bite, you get, like, salty, salty, funky, sharp. Salty, salty, funky, hear me sharp. Out, Guaranteed 24-hour peak. Hear me out real mm-hmm. quick, though. You get a little dish. Mm-hmm. You put in a rice wine vinegar. Oh. little mirin. Uh-huh. little fish sauce. Only two, sweetness. Only two people could see Charles's face right sesame. now, but it is full of this is, this is the assassin face. Oh, and then yeah. sprinkle it all over. Get a little chive on there. Maybe my, maybe my togarashi. Oh, my God. Maybe I'm my in. black I'm lamb in, togarashi. In, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Ba, 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 ba. 
Uh, just turn this. Turn, turn, turn this. Turn this off. And, then, yeah. then panko fry the fish. Fish, or uh, or you could do. Um, um, oh my god, what's wrong with me? The fried Japanese fried tempura stuff. or Tem- tempura. Yeah, tempura. Ooh, I'm telling you. Let's go. This is the thing. We Let's just go. We just created a new dish. Tempura right fried cod sandwich. The fries with that or dressing. Can, can I level it up? Yeah, we're gonna have to. The sandwich needs more stuff. We're going to my cabin. You, you. Oh, sorry. Names: Quam, <laughs> Charles. <laughs> well, when you say you and you, I <laughs> there are three people in this room other the than Daniel Bates. He could pocket. just be holding a mirror up. And Brett Splinter rappelling down uh, over there yeah, uh, from the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too. Hole. We're gonna we're gonna go smelting. Yes, in. I love smelting. Hundred percent. And then just right smelt. That's my addition. Is we're we're going smelting, and then all of everything you just said. Dude, it's like it's, okay. it'll, be, it'll be fish. They're f- fish French fries. Why isn't there? Why isn't there like a fried smelt sandwich in this town? Again. Just give me a hoagie roll with fried smelt mm-hmm. on it, and like a, whatever. Just give me a homemade tartar. Yep. We we just actually probably need blast we need, it. We need lemon. Pat, we need Pat oh, maybe make, some like, pickles. Like, as we yes. try to embrace the the north here, not just the Midwest, but the north, we need Patmos to like push hard on a couple identifying things like the yeah. fucking smelt sandwich. Yeah. Like let's. Let's do it. Like, make it happen. You like, smelt it, dealt it. Like, no, hey, are you from Minnesota? Oh, you smelt sandwiches? Oh, I'd, I'd stop, yes. I'd stop the world. You never had a smelt sandwich? I would stop Ooh. the world and smelt with you. Yeah. <laughs> I stop the I love world you. and smelt with you. <laughs> You've seen the fish sauce and it's getting better all the time. It's getting funkier all funkier. the time. <laughs> Not on a train in Spain. Okay, so related... Less exciting, but okay. kind of exciting still. Mother-in-law, once again, wow. She's, Stephanie, you're apparently really well-loved because I brought you up more than anybody else. Hold on, say your name one more time. <laughs> Stephanie, you're very well-loved. Mother-in-law. Uh, she's got sprinkled. She, she made, uh, I coached her to make some donburi last night because she had um, uh, uh, one of our family friends over to our house. Uh, and I, I love Japanese food. I feel like it's kind of inaccessible in the cities. Uh, there's a handful of places that are killing it, but like, yeah. I live in St. Paul, and none of them are there. And as far as I know, tell me if I'm wrong, but um, Dunbury is super simple. And the most, I, maybe this doesn't mean anything to anybody else, but you put like four or five things in there. You put uh, the dashi, you reconstitute the dashi powder. You know, you, you can make your own from smelt bones if you want, but you put the dashi in there, the mirror, and you put a couple other things in, soy sauce, and out comes this magical thing of rice, chicken, egg. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it tastes like there's 47 different spices and everything else in there. There's not a powdered spice in there. There's not a root. There's not a vegetable. It's like mm-hmm. this mind-blowing, simple, like, it's like simpler than fucking hot dish. And it's so goddamn good. Um, yeah, so make some Don Burry tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah. As we're pulling up to our last question, I want to ask... What the fuck is this? I, so I'm I, pointing at a bottle that has a piece of tape on it that I can't see. Oh, and is the, half a, the, the tape says Jenkum for, for Charles. Okay. It's for Charles because uh, Meteor made some old-fashioned for me, uh, which I brought here to be enjoyed. Did you make it? Did they make it for you or just your, or you and your friends? Like, can I have some? I don't know if this is even legal to talk about. I was I was also going My to ask. My friend Rob made me a cocktail to, to divert attention to that. I was also going to ask if you wanted to open that lambic. You're asking me. I am. Everything I brought here is yours, so it's up to you. I would like to open that lambic. Charles, would you have any of that with me? Yeah, you'll have to have the. You'll have to get the wine corker. Yep. 
I was actually looking for it earlier. The service. I can go up and get that. There is one upstairs. Yeah, yeah, I will. Uh, am I topic six? I can ask. You that. are topic six. So if this? you're okay with that. I want to confirm this is not Jenkum. What's that? <laughs> okay. So I was like, I hope one of you gets Is that, that. what? what did... I just want to confirm this is not Jenkum. Oh, my God. All right. No, I'm going uh, to let that one go. Google it after topic six. Yeah. Or during. <laughs> or during. That uh, is a, an old-fashioned. Yeah. With okay. Irish, yeah. Uh, Irish whiskey. Chena Chena, some pear, some lemon, and uh, honey. And it's very good. Yes, please do. Please do. Uh, Conimera, actually, is what's in there. It's very tasty. Okay, so topic six. I might have to repeat this for Quam since he ran away to get the uh, corkscrew. This is super cool, by the way. I know you guys are all pros. And everybody that comes on here probably has done this a bunch before. I've done a lot of Absolute PR stuff. Absolute professionals. But I, yeah, but I've been on camera, but like, you know, getting a mic in this incredibly chill environment that I would want to just hang out in is yeah, is super fun. So nice job yeah. curating all this. I So I I didn't think I would ever say this on the program itself, but I told Quam last week that something occurred to me while we were recording an episode and I just made a note because I sometimes fire off like production notes or what have you or potential titles. Yeah, it's a good cocktail, right? Beak. And I told him, uh, and I, I told you this actually when we were discussing about um, this this podcast earlier in the week. They don't always hug us when they arrive, but they always hug us when they leave. Mm, I loved it, yeah. Which is a great compliment, right? And it, I think, is somewhere we can hang our hat when it comes to the quality of our conversations. If people yeah. feel so comfortable with us here that we've achieved the goal of never mind the microphones, we've had this really beautiful um, and, and like community building conversation amongst three or four people, then never mind that these things are affixed before us. It's, it's still, Regardless of the production, it's still something that uh, creates formative relationships for us with the people yeah. that are yeah. guests on oh. the program. And it's a very cool side effect. Uh, I wouldn't say it's unintended, but it's it's wonderful that we had, for instance, Peter Campbell yeah. on the program last would, week, who I, I've known for quite some time. I and Kwame, one, yeah. I believe, has also known for quite some time. But... I can't say that, and I would consider him a friend, but I considered him a friend on like a between acquaintances and, and acquaintance and friend level. <laughs> but after that conversation, I feel like I I know him so well yeah. because we were able to connect, and that was available uh, for people to listen to on iTunes and Spotify. And I don't know him at all. I, I definitely want. I've never had his pizza, but I want it. But like, is it, is it fair to say like fucking he, great? He, he got. I felt he got vulnerable on that episode. Like, he, he shared some shit, and, like, he, like, yeah. spoke from his heart. Yeah. I, I think that's another sort of element that we don't um, <laughs> we don't necessarily always intend for the way that we approach the seriousness of conversations. We kind of like to ride the line between the 40 and 60% of... Uh, having like loose conversation that might have some appendages that could get more serious or more comedic. And then at times it goes this way and sometimes it goes, it goes that way. And it's kind of cool to have conversations with people like Peter and like yourself and, and the various other 
70 some, well, probably around 70 guests where sometimes you get pulled this way. Sometimes we just have like hilarious conversations Mm -hmm. and sometimes we have borderline too serious conversations. I guess you could say either one, borderline too funny and borderline too serious, but letting it, letting the, the ship guide you, yeah. letting the waves tell you where you're going to go, that can be um, like a, a, a recipe for a really unique production. Well, it's also, it, I think that dynamic harkens back to our hope originally when we started it was that people listening could feel like they were walking into a really great bar conversation and they're just sitting right next to three or four people that are having a great talk. And not knowing anything about any of them and not knowing any of the preconceived notions before you sat down, you can just listen to people talk, you know? Uh, how, how often, and honestly, like to anybody out there listening too, how often do you get three hours of uninterrupted conversation with people in your life that you're not related to or married to or living with yeah. Uh, with with no external, there's no sports center running highlights over and over. There's no 24-hour news cycle on a TV right above us. There's nobody that can come interrupt and either ask if we need anything or, like, if one of us worked somewhere, like, hey, can you come reset the credit card machines or, or anything like that? Do you have a peak? Hard to peak. Like, <laughs> whatever crazy things anybody could ask. We're in a room and we're talking and that's it. And I don't think that happens that much anymore. And yeah. for whatever reason, yeah. I, I, I think a lot of people identify with that. A lot of people probably tune the fuck out, too. Like, I don't know if, if this is for everybody, but I know how healing it's been for me and how fantastic it's been for me to get this time with other humans who fascinate me. And I love it. I, I, I don't think I'll ever get sick of this. Well, if it was just about us, I would have quit a long time ago. Yeah, of course. Know, if it was just like, oh, we sound great and we're having fun. But even when Peter was... Uh, upstairs with us prior to departing after we finalized our episode last week, we kind of had a conversation regarding how this works and what it means for us. And along the lines of what Quam was just saying, we were kind of shining a light on the fact that when's the last time you sat down with a couple friends with no phones in hand and no one to bother you and just fucking conversed about life for three hours. And you've created, if I dare you've say a space, so. You've created a space for a lot of shit that we all care about a lot that we don't make space for. You've made this space. Good. Yeah, but also I think it kind of made itself too, yep. you know, because of just the dynamics that we're dealing with. I mean, we used to have a 10-minute timer. Yeah. We, Don't forget, there used to be sure. a timer. Yeah, if you we, went longer we than 10 minutes, it was done, and we we're going to move I've, on to I've the seen next a topic. whole bunch of hand signals. Most of them look like that suck it kind of hand <laughs> signal, but I uh, mm. assume that meant Max shut up. But, yeah, okay. Was, there's that, uh, and there's the two Look about your bow shoes. You look more like you should be in DX than we do with your hair down. That's fair. Oh, my God. Yes. Sean Michaels. He's about to give us a fucking super kick. Yeah, I identify as Andrew WK, so... Okay. I mean, okay. I'll okay. I'll okay. find a brick That's if you need a reach, one. But listen, when <laughs> it's time to party, we will party hard. It's flowing though, oh, we will party hard. Hair's flowing. Thank you. Uh, it's actually pretty flat today. And my wife at the, we went to Fo seventy nine before uh, we came here, and uh, she was like, "Oh, you're gonna do hair down?" I was like, "Oh, I don't know. I'm new to long hair. I mean, 
I've never had long hair, and then COVID happened, and I got one haircut, and now I have long hair, and actually, I think it's cool. Or, I mean, I don't know. If it's, I had hair like yours, I would probably do the same it's, thing. It's easier not to get haircuts. I don't think it's cool necessarily, but uh, it's easier not to get haircuts. But she's <laughs> like, oh, we would have moosed you up. Like, you're really fucking flat right now. I'm like, oh, well, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know they still she's, made she's beautiful. Charles, she's beautiful, curly, just incredible hair. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was like, so ups- Sorry, guys, I have flat hair right now. I should have dressed up more. <laughs> but I don't even know what products to use to make my hair look I pretty. think you look beautiful, Max. Yeah. Oh, well, I think you look beautiful. No. Oh. I think you look beautiful. And I can't wait yeah. for our goodbye hugs. I'm going to go for like three or four and not just one. So it's Good room for it. Also, this Jankum's delicious. <laughs> this is fucking awesome. A little fafoon. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm actually fairly certain, Charles, at, a, at one of the darkest days that we hung at, we had both four loco and fafoon. So. I'm, I'm not confident of that, but I bet it's a 99% chance that it happened. <laughs> and and, and, and fafoon. <laughs> And you, you had you had some of our breakfast sandwiches, right? Oh yeah. Uh, Lauren and I would always make the yeah. Get, go, that was like yeah. our first kind of uh, foray into Costco with no money. But we're like, all right, we did it one year. We got we had like thirty breakfast sandwiches, and then everybody just went nuts over them. So we're like, oh, let's uh, let's do it again. Like people were asking for it already in advance. So we got one hundred and eighty, <laughs> you know, ham slices, eggs, you know, whatever, and like, and they were gone in an hour. <sighs> These uh, were just fun, man. Those yeah. were just such great times. Yeah. Camping in Brooklyn Center. Yeah, and you, Brooklyn, can't, Brooklyn, can't, you can't recreate Anytime it. Anytime you can measure it by the amount of ham slices you have, I feel like mm. that's a successful day. <laughs> it's a good measure. How, how many ham slices uh, did you have today? <laughs> 180. <laughs> Solid day. Solid day. Solid. Fuck you, bacon. Had it first. What's that's up, ham slice? Have a pig. What's up, ham slice? <laughs> As I ran to grab the, the wine service, I didn't know you if you... riotous laughter. Did you ask question six? Oh, no, we no. just turned everything oh, wait, off. Wait, hold on. Do that. Wait, say it again. Question six. No, just say question six. Question six. What was that one? We've never used it before. Well, You'll hear it when you listen to the show. Right. I hope there's a, is there a fart button, Quam? There's not. Can you make one? Yes, we can. I'm already on. I have a whole list of things that we're doing. Can, would, what would it take for me to get a fart button in place by the time Splinter's on here? Mm-hmm. I need you to record fart a fart. Fart button in place. Oh, oh what? Is that all it takes? That's all, that's all it takes. I'm going to go upstairs for a second. Yeah, go eat a bunch of pistachios. <laughs> pistachios? Yeah, pistachios. Make you fart? I guess I eat more pistachios. Than I was, I, yeah, Whoa, you got me a, on that. Oh, really? I've never linked those two together. Came in the pistache, yeah. Like a terrible night of drinking the night before. That's my next Okay, day. next time you eat time. a bunch of pistachios, okay. you will notice that there is a flatulent effect. <laughs> yeah, what's, what's like... Um, I'm sorry if this is super uninformed, but are pistachios yeah. grown in Lebanon? There are pistachios grown in Lebanon. Like, yes. do you like do you eat, like do you eat a lot of pistachios in Lebanon? It's a lot of um, raw pistachios, so it's you actually the whole pistachio is encased in like a red skin that you peel off, and then it's like a soft. The shell is actually kind of soft, and then you pull out the pistachio. It tastes totally different. It's just like eating chickpeas in Lebanon when you eat fresh green chickpeas. It's like a weird, fuzzy little green pouch with two chickpeas in it, and they're unbelievable. Fresh chickpeas are you just pluck if you've them never and pop experienced them? it. Go to a Middle Eastern or Arab marketplace. Uh, I honestly don't even remember the time of year. It's usually like summer sometime. It's a little pod, and they pop too. When you pop it, it's like a it goes 
like it pops when you press it. You just put two. And inside, there's two chick. It looks exactly like the chickpea that you know and love, but it's green. And when you bite into it, it has the texture of a pea, but it tastes like somewhere between a pea and like a lemon. There's like a slight yeah. lemony flavor it to it. Makes edamame sound like super boring. Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, fresh chickpeas. It's rookie shit. Yeah, I've had a lot of fresh chickpeas in my life, especially when I've been in Lebanon. You know, Hashtag humble break. travel there. Yep. Hashtag chickpea. Uh, I think that's I, fucking uh, nuts. <laughs> you, have a, you have a horn sound here, right? You are fulfilling his desire to have as many. Oh, Listen, he asked for all the sound effects for this I episode. I've never I, gotten to use this. I before. hope when I listen to this episode, Sounder I hear City. my voice not at all, and this I just hear a bunch of like fucking whoopee and hoo-hahs. Uh, Charles, probably, I, I know how personal and important Lebanon is to you, but like, if you would ever would entertain bringing friends over... Um, Put me on the short list because I would I, everything you've ever said or shared about. It's not a short list. Congratulations, Max! You're the one thousandth person to say this to me. Uh, but no one follows you. Literally do I get a Do I get a sounder for goes. that? What if I fly you over in Delta One? <laughs> do you love <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And these, well, if you stay in my place, then I'll call itself. me the flights and I'll see what you say. I'm not. Yeah, I. It's not about that. I just um, I've throughout my life had friends say like I would love to go to Lebanon with you, but then. It's not that there's, it's not like I was like, come with me and then it doesn't happen. It's just that it's never happened. Marnie's the only person that's come to Lebanon with me that isn't my family. But uh, I also have not been to Lebanon in three years now. Mm-hmm. Since before we started well, the show. Right. If it's a matter of follow through and you would actually ever allow a scumbag to tag along with you, count me in as 1,000 or 1,001 and I'll, I'll, I'll try and... We would have so much fun. I, I'll try and uh, ease as many pain points as possible. And I, I have sway with Delta, but I have no sway with Lebanon or anything yeah. else. <laughs> yeah, I got a little sway with Lebanon. I got a little <laughs> sway with Lebanon. All right, topic number six. And this is great. Perfect timing. Beautiful segue. Mm-hmm. All right, Max, tell us about one of your favorite travel companions that is not your spouse. Mm. Where's your favorite place you traveled with them? Yeah. Or name a place you'd like to travel with them next. Ah, I don't know. It's super easy for me. Uh, his yep. name is Ben Messerly. I will make him listen to this podcast, but he is very far out of uh, our shared spheres sure. of industry and everything. He's actually, uh, um, he's got a, his doctorate in, um, I believe, let's see, it's physics, but what it's, uh, is it quantum, quantum physics? Anyway, he's really fucking Ooh. smart. And, sure. um, he, uh, yeah, he's he's an awesome guy. He's a he's a professor right now at um, Carleton. I, uh, I believe he was either at Saint Olaf um, and now is at Carleton, or he's going to be at Saint Olaf or something. Anyway, he's a mm. an incredibly smart dude. I love him. He actually early on in my life like was a big influence on me getting in touch with like my heart and things that fucking matter. Yeah, um, he lives in the Northeast. I don't see him enough. Oh, really? Yep. Uh, and he and I have had some really great travel adventures. We, at age 17, we took off and did the whole western half of the United States. Um, like every state, you know, draw 35W down as the, as the dividing line, and, or 35 as a dividing line, and did the whole uh, west coast. And his dad's uh, like 84 Beamer uh, convertible. And cool. uh, yeah, it was, it was really cool, but it didn't have um, air conditioning actually. So when we were in Vegas and it was, well, all of Nevada and it was like record heat of like 119. Um, and we refused to stay in hotels um, 
that was that was hard. That was we didn't sleep for a few days because we just sweated all night. But uh, yeah, he's a great travel companion. We also went to uh, we backpacked through Scandinavia. Um, yeah, he's just a great. Oh yeah, you've done a lot of traveling with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. and that's all the like young kid kind of travel shit, whatever. But like, I realized we actually brought we had done a few big trips together, and then we brought our mutual very close friend Andy, the the guy who I'm doing the tungsten business with that. Um, is in remission right now, and uh, we brought him to Scandinavia with us, and he was in fucking sufferable. And I was like, "Oh wow!" I thought like, like we we're all this was gonna work. Yeah, I was like, "No, like best friends. Oh. Like this is gonna be so great. Like, I've traveled Benetton. Like it's just gonna be so gravy." And he was just hate. We all I we almost killed each other a handful of times, and I'm sure I was the biggest factor in it. But um, Ben's a Ben's a really accommodating guy that uh, I would travel the world with uh, since I'm not allowed to answer spouse. That would probably be my answer, and it's a uh, yep. it's kind of a boring one. It's my my uh, um, privileged white friend that I've traveled with a bunch. <laughs> How about you guys? <laughs> I uh, I want to say honestly, I'm still fascinated by the idea of you and I traveling together. But Charles, you we um, we, we haven't yet. And in my head, yeah. I think that two strong personalities who both are seeking the same thing but looking at it from different angles. I think the math is there. And I think it would be, I, I, to me, it's sort of like seeing a recipe before you try and make it. I think that we would have a fucking blast. But I can't say that because we haven't. And I am fortunate enough to be one of those humans that truly is married to their best friend. So it's tough being like, well, that's out the window. Ditto. So uh, I, I honestly, I, I, I want to say Paul Hennessy. Uh, he's, he's been on the show twice. We've been friends. Our, our friendship just celebrated 20 years. And uh, both of us and our spouses went to Norway together, and that was a wonderful trip, and we had a good portion of a single day where it was just him and I, and that was a great view into, like, oh, yeah, we would 100% travel well together. Um, But uh, after my brother passed, uh, I was given a portion of the ashes after he was cremated, and I was struggling with, like, what do I do with that? Because I don't want to hold on to it. I wanted my brother to be free, in, at least in my head. You know, I have, I have no clue what that actually means. But in my head, I wanted him to kind of be free. And I was trying to figure out what, what meant a lot to me and to, meant, meant a lot to him. And uh, he was born in Black Duck, Minnesota, north of Bemidji. And... I was like, all right, up north, and both him and his twin brother, Tony, who is still around, obviously, uh, nature is m- much more them. I'm the, I'm the city kid. I'm the, the city mouse there in the country. Trash mouse. panda, yeah. Trash panda. Like, there's no trash cans up there. You can't, you can't be a trash panda. <laughs> you just throw it in the ditch, yeah. No trash cans. And I was looking at it, and I thought, for as much as I love traveling and as much as I know that William would have ended up traveling more as, as he got older, uh, I was looking at Lake Superior and I thought, well, that feeds into the entire chain of Great Lakes, which eventually ends up uh, in the sound and then goes into the the ocean. And I thought, well, that would be a good place to me to let my brother go and to know that no matter where I travel, like there is a chance that there is an essence of him somewhere around there. Maybe that's going everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. For somebody who, who loves traveling as much as I do, it was slightly comforting in a really weird, tragic moment to know that no matter where I went, I could believe that my brother was at least somewhat in the most infinitesimal 
spec was there. Yeah. And uh, Paul is originally from Duluth. And Paul agreed to go with me because <laughs> there were also a lot of emotions flying around. And I didn't like the idea of being alone and having free reign to all of the wonderful uh, accoutrement that Duluth can provide, both <laughs> in food and drink. <laughs> and Saratoga? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all of the free jazz <laughs> I at the Toga. One of the best jazz clubs in the state. Correct. So, um, so Paul rode with me, and I know that that couldn't have been an easy ride. And I know that I was talking a lot, and I was I, literally, I was like talking through my own therapy, basically. And I can't imagine how hard that must be for a friend to really not have any way to respond to that. But like, I have to just listen to this like vomit of word salad, right? And we got up there, and unbeknownst to me, Paul had done some reach research on some sort of like non-religious like spiritual ceremonies and he had this entire idea and we lit a fire on the shore we found a, a very quiet like sort of alcove that we could turn off and we lit a fire on the he i shouldn't say we i didn't i had nothing to do with this paul lit a fire on the shore and we put a little bit in there too just so that that could rise up and then uh we sent you know we we had found a stream that was feeding out so that the current would go out and, and we, sent, we sent my brother out. And I still, I had been holding on to ashes from the dog that I was given when I was three years old who lived with my brothers for the first four years that they were with us when we adopted them. And uh, I had never known what to do with those ashes after my dog passed, so I sent him with, so at least my brother had a dog with him. And I, I know a lot of that was, was more for me to just feel like they were together. You know, like, I, I don't know what, what deeper spiritual meaning that is. But Paul was there for the whole thing and literally like had ideas t just to kind of help things go. And then afterwards, we went out and we had a couple beers. We met up with his dad. Like, it was what easily could have been a hot mess of a trip. It was one of the most emotional moments in my life because I don't think anybody wants to ever bury their younger sibling. But... As it happened, somebody who I, in all of the characters that I, all the characteristics I would list in one of my best friends, gentle is not one of them. <laughs> and the fact that he was both kind and open and funny and most importantly, gentle for that entire trip, I feel like somewhere down the road, I would like to go on another trip with him that doesn't involve that much emotion where we could just hang out and have fun and still find meaning in all of that. And as long as I live, and as much as I've told him this, as long as I live, I will never be able to thank him enough for that trip. And the fact that I have a male friend who understands love and affection, as well as that, from somebody who is raised to be a little fighty, and a little punchy, mm. and, a, and a little mm -hmm, harsh. Mm -hmm. uh, it really showed me, A, how lucky I was to have that person as a friend, but B, how lucky I am to be personally open enough to be okay with that, but to have somebody who understands it and didn't make it weird and was just there. He, sh he showed up, though. In the he showed the right? fuck up. Yeah. And it, it, was, it was an insane, exhausting, and beautiful 48 hours but it was one of the most cathartic trips I've ever been on. Mm. 
and I will never be able to repay that debt. So what I would like to do is create more memories like that because I know that we can both be hilarious and insane and vulnerable and drunk, like all mixed in together. So you you said, um, I mean, I'm just like, I'm fucking moved over here. So I don't want to like, you know, trot on anything, but you you said, uh, you wouldn't, you're never going to be able to repay that debt. Mm. I'm, I'm inclined to say, for as good as that felt for you, it probably felt pretty fucking good to him too to be there for you, right? I, I hope so, but I like I will forever create mental debts yeah. where oh yeah, well for sure, yeah, yeah. Because I know what it feels like to not, and I, I I'm looking at you, Max, because I know that you feel the same way. And Charles, you and I have had discussions about this too. I know what it feels like to not have somebody to turn to for that. Oh yeah, and yeah. I know how much I would have given from my life at that point to have somebody who just would have understood. You don't have to like be able to sympathize, but just listen, attempt to empathize, whatever. And I I got to have one of my favorite humans on earth actually be there. And I, I will never stop feeling lucky for that. And because of that, I will never stop wanting to repay an imagined debt that I created in my head. It's, I, I just want to know that, if that situation ever arises on his end, that I will 100% be the person to be there too. And and I I hope it doesn't because that's the worst ever. But if it does cool. And if not, doesn't matter that they're, they're just, I don't know. There's like the math that you do as friends where like, that's something that I don't know if I'll ever be able to fully show how much it meant to me. So I'll just keep showing up. Because that's, that's what you do. But that's also friendship, right? Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't have to be fucking it's friendship and it's family. All the time. Mm-hmm. Like real, like chosen family. Yeah, <clears throat> chosen. That's, I, yeah. that's all I have. I've chosen. Yeah. My, yeah. I'm, I, I will die for a good handful of people. Well, you guys are included now, uh, but it's all chosen family. Um, I, one big thing, I don't have any notes on it all, but this just makes me think about it so much, is I don't know if it's just men, I don't know, but we're so afraid to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. in this moment, you knew like, I mean, well, at least in hindsight, like you knew you needed some very specific things, oh. some very specific support. You needed just somebody to be there with you. Um, and I, even if we could say it out loud, which maybe people don't say it out loud, but like when you ask for help from somebody that cares about you, if they care about you in the right way, that's never a fucking burden. Correct. They feel called upon mm-hmm. to be that person in your life that they hope they can be someday or are always every day. So um, ask for fucking help. Mm-hmm. And and you don't, I, I wouldn't even say like be there to provide help. Well, if you care about people, you're going to fucking be there. I think but it's important ask for, for people, fucking help. It, I think it's also important for you to offer help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, one of, the, one of the themes that is recurrent in my therapy is that I really struggle with asking for help mm-hmm. and I'm working on it trying to like mitigate the fact that I don't like asking for help at all. And I'm super disappointed when I ask for help and I don't get it. Why, why do you not like asking for help? I'm very rare in that I'm, uh, I think I, I love asking well, for help because I know would, it's great for everybody all the time usually, this, but this, this would be a much deeper conversation, but it's a trauma thing that I'm used yeah. to helping myself. So oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'm accustomed to, well, you can't get let down things. if you're the one who's yeah, in charge of it. Not letting someone else, do something for me because mm-hmm. it's a matter of uh, lack of trust that they will actually do that thing. Yeah. But uh, regardless of that, you know, because it's not 
the same for everybody. I think that um, we could all effort to offer to help more, not just with like our spouses or our family, but our friends, our neighbors, um, and and peripheral other people in our lives. It's a it's a beautiful thing when you're like, let me help. I like to sometimes I don't I don't really do it anymore because my spine is terrible. But for many years, I would say, hey, like I just like Facebook it. You could probably look through my history. At Facebook, hey, I know a lot of people don't want to help you move, but I'll fucking help you move. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, I, I'm here, and I, I'll schlep some fucking boxes to a, a box truck. Yeah. Holler if you need help, you know. If you ever want to, like, put yourself in a position to be called upon for help, get a trailer. I have a trailer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nobody hesitates to ask me for help with my trailer. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. you have a, no, I, I've gotten sick of, and I think it's a, a big Minnesota Midwestern thing, I've gotten sick of offering help and not, having it called upon. <laughs> yeah. So I think that I'm, I, I'm a, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. You, you, you giggle and I, I, I would too, but it, it's, I think that the best way that I can encourage a generational train or change is by mm-hmm. asking for help. Yep. I can model that by sure. asking for help. Yep. Hey, can you help me with this? Here's I need this. And I also, I'm, I'm also hustler streets. Like I fucking know I can do it right and nobody else yeah. can, but like it's important to me that people ask for help, including my close friends. So I try to model that by asking for help. And like I said, most yes. of the time, if somebody, the and helper feels be better about it than it. helped. For sure. But a, a great way that people can offer help is, let's talk about trains again, the meal train. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like I've had friends break their leg or something and I'm like, yo, you need some support. You need some meals. Are you out of yep. commission? You can't hobble into the kitchen and stuff. And then you just go on that page. I don't know what it's called. Mealtrain.com mm-hmm. or some shit. And then you just, start yeah. a, you just post it on your Facebook and you say, I'm taking Tuesday and next Sunday. Does anybody yep. else want to help? And then you just plug in. People have babies mm-hmm. or injuries or what have you. Babies like someone pick. died in the family. That's so easy. Mm-hmm. Like, that, And that's a way to offer help. And it's a small way you can offer help to somebody, right? And to me, I've, I've, I've like, I've we've gotten that. If we had a baby, you're in Africa with a, Friends organized a big military thing. We had food for eons. We probably still have food coming tonight or something. But yeah. I've organized a bunch for friends too. But to me, the biggest thing, especially in Minnesota, that the meal train, uh, the biggest pain point that it touches on is everybody wants to have the person who needs the help like organize it all. Like text the you know person with the broken leg or broken neck or fucking baby. Like oh, that's why it helps to have a central person who is right or, or meal train. Like yeah. hey, you want to help? Don't yeah. fucking call them. Yeah. Sign up on this website and yep. bring them a fucking meal on the date that you put you signed up for. <laughs> like that is it's like so wildly like un Minnesotan, but like it yeah. is actually how you help somebody instead of become a burden to them. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, sure. I love meal train. I think it is dot org. I love, but I love it. Yeah, I yeah, love it's something absolutely. Like that, but it's yeah, it's a great thing. And we have to bring trains up one more time <clears throat> for my travel, especially for my, in for my, Spain. For my travel companion. Uh, this is gonna be a little teaser for next week. It's probably dun, dun, Splinter. Dun. Oh I'll god! Try. And I got a lot of great travel companions. I, I was tempted. Splinter too. <laughs> I was half tempted. Well, it's part of the reason I asked you this topic, as you've traveled with Splinter, and I've been with Splinter in Chicago, New York, San Diego, multiple times. I didn't fucking um, know that dude. <clears throat> but uh, I, I was also like, <laughs> he's a good cuddle. I was slightly tempted to oh, say no. my dog, because I said travel companion. They can't get me on the snack catch twenty two this time. Because, like, I love going to the cabin with my dog. <laughs> but what I'm thinking is, so Splinter and I, because I'm thinking forward, because we've done a lot of cool traveling together. 
he and I were supposed to take our Jeeps because he got a Titan just shortly after I got my is that, Rubicon. Is that, is that the slime green one? The yeah, we were going to go to Moab. We are going to drive all the way to Moab and just do a bunch of camping and jeeping. It doesn't got to be Moab, but I would like us to go, especially looking forward to the spring here in the north, go somewhere that we can just beep, beep, and jeep, jeep. Fuck it up. That's it. I can't take, I'm sorry, I can't take that one seriously. Which one? I, I want to beep, beep, which jeep, jeep. So yeah, that's, that's an intro to <laughs> a song that I I love how love. everything I'm saying is making Quam laugh. Oh, that one got me. I, yeah. Is that the, have you said that before? Beep, beep, the jeep, jeep? No, that I don't think so. That, that's good. That's, I'm going to hold on to that one. That's, that's fucking great. That's the R. Kelly-less <laughs> remix of Ignition. Uh-oh. It's the remix to the we remix of Ignition. So I, no, we got rid of him. That's how we got rid yeah. of him. We turned it into a Jeep commercial. Yeah. Beep, beep. Let me get that beep, beep while I'm driving that Jeep, Jeep. Um, mm-hmm. I, Charles, I don't know how you are about your Jeep, but yeah. the, I don't know, a few weeks after Spinner got his, we went to, I don't remember where, but he gave me a ride somewhere, and um, I was like, oh, it's like really clean. He's kind of like, don't shut the door too hard, you know, like, don't touch the dashboard, you know, like, yeah. oh, man, little fucking like four-year-old, Splinter. and I was like, actually, I'm <laughs> six, Splinter, shut up. But uh, then I, I was like, you know, razzing about it a little bit, because it was pristine. It's a beautiful little thing that had no spots on it. And I get out to go to my car where he's dropping me off, and um, the the uh, the seatbelt settled in such a way that it wasn't perfectly. You closed flat. the door on the seatbelt? No, I didn't. No, 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 no. Far from that. Far from that. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm. I hope I never do that. Um, I do it all the time in my uh, 2008 Prius, but I would never do it on somebody's other cool car. But I like <laughs> as I'm closing the door, I see him very very seriously like fold it over to get it to the right orientation it, you know it was like all of 90 degrees off in like one spot he's like yeah had to get it oh he blew in it i uh, just yeah, he blew, and he put his white gloves on he's like yep. oh, dude, too much grease on here did he just said it with the back of his hand like <laughs> <laughs> exactly what, so what color is yours white it's in the it's a motherfucking stormtrooper in the oh, building that's the reason yeah. i couldn't get in the parking lot here okay cool yeah i blocked the whole i like to stunt you know I like made a pile of snow and then I stunted it up one entire <laughs> up. This is the first time in the U.S. I think that I felt like I was driving into a castle, which was cool. That you felt you were driving where? Into a castle, yeah. like through the like. Oh yeah, in the fortress. We bought the carriage the house fortress. life, son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We're in the chambers now. Though. Yeah, we ain't no nobles. We're in the chambers. Well, fellas, fucking a. We did it. We did some things. Uh, Max, I feel like you should. <laughs> you gave us a myriad of things that you're. Mildly to strongly involved in. Uh, if you wanted people to follow along with like yeah. where to find and or yeah. buy stuff, what do you want people to focus on? What do you want people to find you at? Uh, you can request me on Instagram if you want. Maxwell uh, theory. That's my last name, which changed when I got married. Uh, and uh, I'm actually getting kind of serious about photography. I'm doing a lot of, because my Sister-in-law owns a lingerie company, a lot of uh, lingerie shoots and a lot of fun lighting, fun uh, environment stuff. That's theory.photo on Instagram. Um, If you want to see where I make money, that's magicpine.com. If you want to see where I don't make money but is really cool, that's Algae Brewing. Just Google that. We've got uh, (laughs) four or five, I don't know, maybe six now locations, distillery, coffee roaster. Um, Go to Tampa. Go visit Taylor. He's running our Tampa shop, and that one's fucking dope. Um, otherwise, if you want to Tallahassee, we have four spots there. But I'd go to Tampa. Um, otherwise, uh, yeah, just catch me on the flip side, you know. My Zodiac sign is Scorpio. 
Shit. Then we got um, monkey. Tungsten. Oh yeah, monkey tungsten. Monk, monkey I'm gonna, tungsten. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pimp that super hey. hard. Once it, once that's up and live, uh, we're. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna request coming back Come on. Soon. Come uh, soon. Maybe maybe we'll sponsor you guys. I'm saying by the time some people listen to this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're gonna get their monkey tungsten. Monkeytungsten.com, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah and get yeah. the lead out your water, y'all. Who wants your loons eating lead? I mean, especially when you're the ones eating the loons. I know Unless Charles you're makes shooting a good them in the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Eat lead loon. <laughs> Eat lead. <laughs> oh, you were telling me about your. You said your confit uh, loon recipe is similar to your confit bald eagle recipe. So, oh, yeah. you, you don't want lead yeah. in that meat. Double barrels, what I call that one. <laughs> one in each hand. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I have so many questions and things I want to say to you guys, but I guess I'll save it for next time. No, we, we do like a, it's like a, a Minnesota surf and turf called Looney Tunes, and it's just, it's imported tuna and then raw loon meat, and we eat it together. It works out quite well. Charles, oh, like sashimi beautiful. loon meat. If somebody wants to find that. On, on, on uh, wild rice? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. It has to be a wild rice. Is that just, what are you, where are you yeah. from? Yeah. And then we just have like a cup of Libby's fruit salad right next to it. Uh, Charles, what do you want to plug? What do you want to be able to find? Nothing. Bullshit. All right. Well, fine. Uh, I don't know. Tell somebody about the show. Give us a review. Do something fun. Keep listening. Whatever it is. You know what? Fuck it. Hug someone that you've never hugged before. Get, get, get over that hump and tell me you love them. Not in a creepy way. Again, I will always say make sure that this is a consensual hug. But I think that uh, just telling somebody that you love them and giving them an honest hug is a really great start to us making everything a little bit better for everyone around us. It's okay if it's uncomfortable. Do it anyway. You're yeah. not going to regret it. Again, as long as both parties are this is weird, not I'm hugging you and I don't care if you're uncomfortable. Yeah, we're like, giving that baseline uh, assumption for yeah, listeners. Yeah. Also, again. brunch sucks. Oh, hot take. And we'll come back to that next time. <laughs> oh, God. Brunch might suck or is it amazing? We'll see next time. Peace. Peace.